Did you know that the 4th of July is on a Thursday this year? That's going to be a full weekend of fun out on the deck. Four days. But if your deck isn't what it used to be and you aren't using it for great family gatherings, you need to call my friends at All Weather Decks. All Weather Decks is a 24-time winner of the Angie Super Service Award. And they probably help one of your neighbors. Click on the map link at allweatherdecks.net. Call All Weather Decks today at 913-206-1974 or go to allweatherdecks.net and mention you heard it on 810. Call now and relax. Chiefs fans, this is the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show presented by CBD American Shaman. Life is better with the feather. At least for right now, the road to the Super Bowl will run through Buffalo, New York. That is the fact of the day whenever you have a matchup between the AFC's two best teams the two likely combatants for the number one overall seed and the two best quarterbacks currently living. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes gave us some of the moments. Both of these defenses gave plenty of resistance. But after a 24-20 victory for the Buffalo Bills, they are firmly in the driver's seat for the AFC. Welcome in to the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. I am Joshua Briscoe with Beards McFly on the other side of the glass and Dylan Michaels doing the producing behind the scenes. We have a lot to talk about today. Plenty to bring to your doorstep. We'll hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and the rest of the press conferences. We will hear from Sean McDermott. We may hear from Josh Allen even later in the show. And we'll take your calls, 913-3810-810. You can watch the show in a variety of places and then sound off there as well on the Sports Radio 810 WHB Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter accounts. We're in all those places if you'd like to, uh, to watch and chime in that way. And ultimately, I, I don't know if this is going to be a very satisfying takeaway, but I, I try to have somewhere... To, to, to push you through the rest of your weekend. Somewhere to begin in the postgame show, something that we learned. I think the main things we learned from this game are things that we already knew. Can you learn things you knew already? I'm not sure. But you can certainly have them emphasized. We know that these two teams deserve everything they have gotten in the narrative sense. At least one of these two teams will be in, if not hosting, the AFC Championship game. The randomness of the sport, the way matchups turn out, who's to say if, you know, one of these pesky little teams that can't seem to keep it straight, like the Ravens or the, I don't know, the Colts are 3-2-1, and one, believe it or not. The Chargers or whatever. The Dolphins, maybe they get healthy. You could find a spoiler in the AFC, but you cannot find a peer in the AFC. The Bills are the only 5-1 and one team in the conference. The Chiefs are 4-2. and two. Before I tell you the answer, think for a moment. Who's the other 4-2 and two team in the AFC? Could I interest you in the New York Jets at 4-2? and two? All of this is, is not necessarily consequential for the reason the Chiefs lost this game. 
but to extrapolate again this idea of what have we learned today I learned that when these two teams play again I will have exactly as difficult a time picking a winner as I did leading up to this game this weekend. You want to look at the defense? There's some stuff to talk about. Here's where I would begin on the defensive side. And this is, frankly, maybe why... Well, I'll explain why I start with the defense. First, we know the Chiefs will live by the Blitz and die by the Blitz. As uh, our friend Matt Lane of KCSN tweeted out during the show, he said it's a double-edged sword, but at least it's still a sword. I like that take a lot. I like that I like that uh, descriptor. It's a double-edged sword, but at least it's still a sword. The Chiefs' biggest stops in this game came with the help of the Blitz, by and large, and their worst moments in this game were largely the Bills punishing them for blitzing if it didn't get home immediately. When it got there, it bothered Josh Allen. When it didn't get there, he bothered Joshua Williams and the rest of the secondary. Also, Joshua Williams had a very difficult first half and a much better late game experience. Not great by any means, but he had a couple of plays where what I would, what I would, the, the olive branch I would offer there is that he got jumped by Jalen Watson in the preseason, was just forced into action, and he looked like a rookie corner who the Chiefs didn't really want to have out there. But you can't just give him one Thornhill every single play to help over the top. Just not how that works. So when you, if you were to ask me about the defense, I would say, look, I, first of all, for years have been desperate for this team to be able to get pressure with just four guys. It's why they traded for Frank Clark, but it did not work. And I'm not a huge fan of that trade and haven't been at any point. We've been over all of that. I'm done waiting on Frank Clark to make an impact. I was there before the season, best shape of his life, all that stuff. He'll have a play here or there, but he's not going to be the guy that levels up your pass rush. <laughs> Strangely enough, he's just, I guess he's Carlos Dunlap right now, who is also, unfortunately, just one of the guys. George Karloftis might be that guy soon. By the end of the season, he'll be better than he was today, I imagine. But I never really noticed George Karloftis affecting Josh Allen in the pocket. Now, the game is a little different there. You also want to contain Josh Allen at some points tonight. That was helpful for the Chiefs to do. They did keep Josh Allen sort of stable and then continue to kind of push in on him, try to rush the throw. That worked at times. Taking a wild, you know, safety blitz at Josh Allen from deep is not always going to be the way that you bring him down. Justin Reed got him once. But the biggest thing, and this is, again, to the defense's point, and to the point of what have we learned about what happens when the Chiefs play the Bills. The next time the Chiefs play the Bills, I imagine not only will there be a better performance from the rookies who are just getting their feet wet still at this point in their NFL career, but far more importantly, Willie Gay Jr., depending on how you do the measurements, might be the best athlete on this defense. He was not out there today, obviously. In terms of the combination of size and speed, I'm not sure that there is a better athlete on the field for the Chiefs defense than Willie Gay when he's out there. Trent McDuffie was eligible to come off IR this week. Chiefs said that they weren't ready yet. Andy Reid said that he was going to rest him another week. Has not yet been activated off IR. Could be as soon as now. 
And if Trent McDuffie is back the next time through, presumably he'll be back for 49ers. But if he's back and on the field the next time the Chiefs play the Bills, Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie and Jalen Watson or Rashad Fenton, who is also an ad out there today, is a very different trio of corners than Legereus Sneed, Jalen Watson, and Joshua Williams. You are replacing your biggest issue at, at corner with your, hopefully, biggest strength in the Watson to Williams, or Watson to McDuffie transfer there. Excuse me, Williams to McDuffie. That's all to say nothing of, like, Mike Dana just getting back, uh, Tershawn Wharton out for the year. He won't be here the next time these teams play if that does happen in January. But this is a defense at far less than full strength. And they were not flawless today. Again, live by the sword, die by the sword. Live by the blitz, die by the blitz. Had good fortune on the first drive where the Bills gave the ball back to the Chiefs after a long drive. I wrote that one up as a bad process, good result in my notes at the time. But here's the bottom line on the defense. 24 points against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills is just a fine day at the office. Have some good fortune, so be it. This team had some terrible luck when the Arizona Cardinals turf took Trent McDuffie and Harrison Butker from the team in the first half of the first half of the first game of the year. This team is not healthy at full strength defensively. At the very least, that's going to offset one or two nice breaks in my book. And I'm going to say I'm just fine with that defensive performance today, adjusting for the fact that their opponent is a spaceship. I'm not quite as generous on the offensive side, and frankly, maybe even more so than in previous games where I've sat here and had to go, okay, well, let me explain this loss. Let me understand this loss. The Colts postgame show, from a factual standpoint, was pretty easy to do. Emotionally speaking, much weeping and gnashing of teeth, you know? Everybody had some things to say about that game, rightfully so. But you know why it happened. Self-inflicted wounds, unforced errors, some real hot garbage football. I don't like sitting here and just saying, well, I hope by the time the Chiefs and Bills play again, I hope that Von Miller is winded. I hope that Andrew Wiley grows two more arms I really, I hope that this team can learn to get pressure with four. That's back to the defensive side, obviously, but that would be very helpful. They've been trying to get pressure with four for a long time, and it's been a minute since that's come to fruition. Regardless, offensively, even the, the usual places you would start are kind of up in the air. Orlando Brown was fine tonight on live watch. Uh, we talked about this. I, I mentioned this in you know a little snippet of serious football talk that we pried out of the zone on Friday, and, and I, I try to talk about the one thing that I at least think most people have kind of maybe missed the boat on on the Orlando Brown Jr. conversation. If you're a left tackle who can run your pass rusher in a semicircle and run him behind your quarterback, that's a win. At the very least, it's not a loss. Neutral at worst. 
because Patrick Mahomes is very good at then finding those gaps in the offensive line, stepping up into those places where it is clean, and then working from there. Mahomes was expert in the pocket uh, through the, the second half. Obviously, that last play, he'd like back. We don't like it back. But I don't feel like, despite a relatively comfortable start from both offenses, in the second half of the game, to say nothing of Harrison Butker returning, hitting a new record-setting kick, and then missing a chip shot, those three points would have probably made things a little less urgent, a little less rip it and grip it and rip it on that last drive from Mahomes. Butker's miss notwithstanding. You have the drive to tie it up at 17-17 where Mahomes was immaculate. Teleports the ball to McCole Hardman. They get the ball back. And then a Travis Kelsey drive is forced to end in three. The drive after, it just felt very, very conservative. And then Von Miller won a play that he absolutely could not win. I don't always want to go back to the most recent thing because that's not always the best way to remember the most important thing. But the Chiefs had the football with the lead late in this game. And they needed to go score again. And it was Mahomes to Kelsey for a few. Hey, that has the potential to be turned up for a few more. That is what it is. Jarek McKinnon in a running game that's been absolutely toothless all night. The only memorable runs I can think of. I think Clyde had one, and then watching Isaiah Pacheco run with a football is fun. I don't know if the consistency is there. They only gave him two carries tonight, so I don't know I don't know if, if he's fully in the playbook for them yet. But in a deeply, deeply uninspired running effort, only... 14 carries by non-quarterbacks, 13 by running backs if you take away Travis Kelsey's carry. I thought they'd go heavier in this game. I thought they'd try to get the Bills a little more uncomfortable. I'll go back and grab some of the things that I thought coming into this game would be good matchups for the Chiefs. We can talk about that over the rest of the show a little bit. But to have this ticking clock in your head of, well, we we don't want to give the ball back to the Bills with too much time, to the point that you have a, a totally limp run on second and seven that then puts you in third and medium, third and intermediate for Von Miller to put Andrew Wiley on a plate. It's a tough spot to be in for an offense that needed to offer a little more to try to pay off what the defense was able to do in this game. My expectations for the Chiefs are adjusted to the Chiefs. Bill's defense is for real. But 20 points wasn't going to get it done. I think everybody listening right now would have would have hit the deal or no deal button to take the offer of the Bills scoring exactly 24 points in this game. I absolutely would have. I, I kept saying 31 to 30 all week, 34 to 30, those kinds of, even if they didn't hit the over, you know, maybe it's 27, 24. I don't think I saw anybody really arguing that the winner of this game was going to have 24 points. And the Chiefs couldn't match that. 
It's a frustrating game that I do think, honestly, maybe maybe we'll sleep better tonight. If you're the type of person that lost some sleep on Chiefs-Colts, I would, I would understand. But if you lost sleep on Chiefs-Colts, and now tonight you're trying to figure out how you're supposed to feel, I think the good news, quote-unquote, is that the Chiefs pretty basically lost a game to a team who's a little better than they are right now. The Colts game they gave away. Bills game they got beat. In a rematch in in Arrowhead or in Buffalo or in Glendale, if the NFL does the right thing and just rules that the Chiefs and Bills should play in the Super Bowl despite playing in the same conference. Have you watched some NFC teams lately? I think this is a good idea, NFL. Hear me out. Wherever these two teams would play again, I have no reason to think that it would be anything other than a two or three point line for either team, depending on where they're playing. These are two really good football teams. And the Bills had a couple more plays on both sides of the ball than the Chiefs did. It's frustrating, but it shouldn't be a season ender to you mentally. Uh, again, I'm Josh Briscoe with Beers McFly and Dylan Michaels. It's the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show presented by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. Um, Beards, if you are still with an earshot, I can't see you. And Beards is back. Um, you said something into the headphones earlier that I couldn't hear, and then you were gone, and then Dylan was here, and I was monologuing. There's some calls a, on. I, I had to make a phone call. We're good. Okay. Did you hear, by the way, who we were supposed to have at the I, podium? So here, here's what I'm telling you. Um, however long we've been live on the show, the only thing I have been doing is doing the show, and I have received, I, I have processed zero production information. So why don't you just break in with the uh, relevant production information that we need here tonight? As well as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, we will have uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and Nick Bolton from the podium. Okay. Um, Nick Bolton had his ups and downs tonight. Uh, that's to be expected. He's an excellent hitter, and I think will will age well as a middle linebacker. He's not the guy that you want in coverage against Stefan Diggs. Um, that's true for most linebackers. In the interest of fairness, I was still pretty loud wrong about my expectations for Nick Bolton. He's still over. He still overshot those. I'm not here to be crappy about about linebacker draft picks. I just wish this team had more edge rushers that I felt good about. But that's not. That's not. That is by no means Nick Bolton's fault. I'm just. I'm just mad about about that. Um, on a larger scale. So, uh, Beards, you give me the ruling here. We want to go try to speed run some phone calls or uh, or squeeze in a break. Beards says, let's hear from the people. I couldn't agree more. We open up with Gary. Gary, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, Gary? Well, it's kind of a hiss-cracker after watching that game tonight. I think one thing that needs to be asked, though, what in, and somebody in the media won't ask him this, but when Mahomes gets up there, ask him, what in the world were you thinking on those two INTs? The DB, he read that all the way. He knew where he was going with that football. And on the first one where he threw the INT to Elam, don't forget we left those seven points off the board too, mm-hmm. which could have been a difference. And that's on Mahomes. And, you know, you look at that offense, you could, yeah, you could put someone else in, but this offense was horrible tonight. Andrew Wiley's been stealing a check in this league for way too long. I think it's time for – you could find somebody on the street that could come in and give you what he gives you at a fraction of the cost because he's useless out there. And it's just, it's just hard to watch. It's just hard to watch him on that side of the line. And, you know, one thing Buffalo does way better than the Chiefs, their defensive ends, they keep contained. They don't let anything get outside of them. 
that the Chiefs did that too much tonight. They didn't yeah. want to stop the run. That was evident. Barrett Nottie's useless. Why is he even here? They brought him back for what? To be a speed bump to the secondary? Because if those front four, I mean, they were running up the middle untouched until they got into the secondary. And, you know, one of the big complaints last year everybody had with Tyra Matthew was he was making business decisions. Watch these safeties against the run. They're making Justin Reed, there was an obvious one tonight where he made a business decision where uh, I think it was either Singletary or Cook got through and Thornhill came up, stuck his arms out, and Reed, he just stepped to the side like he didn't want any part of that. And, you know, you're a guy getting all that money, then you get beat for the touchdown on that same drive. You, you really got to wonder about these safeties. You got one that's thinking he's going to get paid, one that just got a contract. Those two guys need to give us more than what they're giving us, and they're not giving us very much right now. And it's, it's nice to see more, but the Indianapolis game – and this game, they both have one thing in common. They both ended on Mahomes' interceptions. Gary, it's been a lot of weeks in a row of me agreeing with a lot of your points. I feel like we're due for an off week, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll try to give you my honest reception. I appreciate it, Gary. Um, Gary hung up before I did. I don't like leaving Gary on a bad note. Here's a couple things. First of all, they'll ask Mahomes about the picks. He'll talk about them. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. Uh, I am not going to be the guy that sits here on that first Mahomes. Here's the thing. I'm going to sound like I'm making excuses for Mahomes. You're just going to have to hear me out. That first Mahomes pick, it, it was a jump ball sandwich between two defenders. I understand that it's not an ideal spot. That ball was up there, and he's in game six with Marquez Valdez. I always get his name wrong. Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, apologies to Marquez. I'm trying. I'm just, you know, bad at speaking. Unfortunate for my profession. He's trying to get the ball to MVS whenever we've spent a lot of this offseason talking about how Mahomes can play with big body receivers. That's a throw that I don't hate being made there. Kair Elam made an incredible play on the ball. I'm sure he'd love to have it back, but I just think if you're going to lose your mind over that attempt in the red zone, coming back and biting Mahomes after every other thing we have seen from Patrick Mahomes over the years, I just think you're going to be miserable watching Patrick Mahomes play football. Um, That late pick also, here's the thing, it just doesn't matter when he throws it. If that's a pick in his own territory, if that's down by the goal line, the effect is exactly the same. He shouldn't have thrown that ball. He will say as much. It doesn't hurt my feelings any because it's not like he threw that pick down two or down three in the red zone where a field goal would have also accomplished the goal for them. They were down by four points. He was pushing. He pushed too hard. That's not, again, that one's not a good throw, not a good play. And earlier in the game, obviously, tremendous consequences of of losing that possession. But if Patrick Mahomes starts playing like Kirk Cousins, I'm going to stop watching football professionally. Like, I'm going to leave that out of my life. I'm going to just start watching competitive table tennis if Patrick Mahomes stops playing football like Patrick Mahomes. Part of what makes him amazing is that that very rarely results in mistakes or turnovers, whatever. This defense is pretty freaking good. I mean, that's it's one of the best defenses in football where that team also has one of the best quarterbacks in football. You got you to push a little. I'm not, I'm not hurting over that one. Um, I also just think that, look, man, Andrew Wiley got whooped tonight. Andrew Wiley versus Vaughn Miller is a losing matchup for the Chiefs. 99 times out of 100, y- you got me. You, first of all, it's not also like they paid Andrew Wiley a whole bunch of money. Um, that's He's not some super highly paid tackle. Like, it gets a replacement at the fraction of the cost. That's just not true. Uh, and also, I would challenge you to please go watch, go watch a, a, an offensive tackle who has uh, been signed right off the street recently. I'm guessing that your your, your bloodlust for that's going to be a little bit lessened. While also saying Andrew Wiley had a terrible night tonight. 
No, no cutting around that. I just don't think upgrading on it is as easy as you'd like it to be. I think the criticism for the safeties is largely unwarranted, to be honest. Um, that that I'm not sure I'm willing to follow much anywhere. Justin Reed ended a drive with a hit. I don't need him breaking his collarbone trying to meet a running back um, at the most speed possible. I'll, I'll take what action we can get from the safeties. Thornhill had a penalty where he was in the right position. Just got there too soon. I'm not saying these are good games by these guys. I am very far, though, from saying, yeah, these are a whole bunch of bums and they need to replace them with with dudes off the street. Uh, you're listening to Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City, our post-game show brought to you by CBD American Shaman. When Kansas City scores, you score big. Your local CBD American Shaman. Our team score is your percent off. They scored 20 points, so you get 20% off all day tomorrow in orders of $100 or more at CBD American Shaman, where life is better with the feather. Uh, in a holding pattern to figure out if we're going out to Arrowhead here or taking more calls. We'll take a few more from the phones here. The Judge up, up next. Judge, what's up? The Judge. Aaron Judge. Judge Judy. Hey, I had you on mute. Can you hear me? I sure can. What's up? Hey, I just want to let all the Chiefs fans know. Simmer down. It's one loss. The AFC Championship game is probably going to be in Buffalo this year. Let's deal with it. We got a beat up defense. It's okay. I'm going to keep this short. Uh, we had to get points on that first turnover. When we had that turnover in that first drive, when yeah. Buffalo turned over, we had to get points on that. We should have at least got three. We didn't make the play. But I just wanted to let Chiefs fans know take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. We left some plays out there. We'll get it fixed. And we're going to take a deep playoff run. And I'll listen off there. Well, tell you what, Judge, I'm going to give you. I don't have a gavel, but. The close, I'd say it's a gum container. It's the closest thing I could find to a gavel in my backpack on short notice. Because I'm willing to give the gavel to the judge. Uh, I think that is good perspective, uh, Mr. Judge, Mr. The Judge, Mr. The, perhaps. I, I appreciate it. Rack him. Uh, next up, we got Dan. Dan, what's going on? We got a Dan? Oh, that one. Hey, Dan. Dan, that one's on beards. Go ahead. Oh, all good, my buddy. Hey, I respectfully disagree with you a little bit. I think you can... Uh... Love Mahomes' dynamic play and not have him throw the double coverage to the corner of the end zone. And if you look by position group today, I think the worst position group is QB. And I'll go to war every day with 15. I'm not trying to say I wouldn't, but he was bad today. And if I'm, if I'm somebody watching from a national perspective, right, Mahomes did exactly what the negative uh, naysayer says on Twitter, right? He dazzled around and held the ball too long, got a few too many sacks, threw the ball on some really weary plays and a couple really – ugly interceptions mm-hmm. and I'm not too unhappy with every other position group other than Mahomes he wasn't his best today except for and I know Kansas City loves to uh you know what on this guy and we'll do it some more but Hardman man when, when Tony Romo is calling him out for running the wrong route yeah. and he dropped such a crucial pass like get this bum out of town I'm so sick of him we've had enough of the sample size he is never going to be Tyreek Kill, nor is he ever going to fill that role Get him out of here. I can't stand him. I can't stand watching him. But uh, as opposed to, just like last caller, we'll be all right. And, and, and it's 5-2. and two. Uh, We win next week. We come out of here 6-2 and two in this tough first eight games. We'll be just fine. So thanks for having the call, buddy. I appreciate it, Dan. I'll tell you what. Here's where I'll come with you on the Mahomes front. You know, you're, you're kind of being the mediator between me and Gary. I appreciate that, Dan. Here's where I'll come to on the Mahomes front. This was not a good Patrick Mahomes game. In the grand scheme of me watching Patrick Mahomes play football, 
this game does not bother or concern me. I don't, does, I really hope that makes sense and that doesn't just sound like me trying to, I don't know, like dance around a, a, an actual take. That, that throw in the end zone is not one that I would want him to make the exact same one again, but I don't mind him making it once, if that makes sense. On the, that, that has been such a, a building block of the entire Mahomes experience, make your mistake but only make it once. That's been a thing since his first year as a starter, maybe even his rookie year in training camp. That was like the narrative about him. I don't mind him testing Marquez Valdez-Scantling there. And even in that exact situation, I think nine out of ten times, Kair Elam either tips that ball up or away or it sails or, you know, where it does not end in a back-breaking turnover. Again, totally fair. I think I think it is fair to criticize that throw. But I think where I have found myself just mentally is that it does nothing to shake my perspective on Mahomes, which I think is what I'm looking for in terms of evaluating players. Uh, like with McCole Hardman, uh, here, here's where I'll come with you on that front. Because there, there were plays earlier in this game where you went, oh, hey, McCole Hardman's doing things you can do whenever you're that kind of fast. Look at that. And then late in the game, you have Tony Romo saying, hey, you've got to flatten this route out right here. You're making the throw harder on your quarterback. And if he flattens out that route, it's a first down and the, the chains keep moving. And I wanted to pull my hair out at that point because the way that Romo was saying it was like he was talking about a rookie and he's not talking about a rookie. And I get it. I That is infuriating. Um, I think we would be happier around McCole Hardman if we took, as you've said, we got the sample size. He's not going to be Tyreek Hill. That or a or a reasonable facsimile of Tyree Kill. I just think he's boomer bust, and I think Mahomes probably knows that too. Say so I can go to this guy every once in a while, and maybe he'll be there, and maybe he won't. That does not make me think that he will be a long-term pass catcher from Patrick Mahomes. Think some other team will be more enthused by his speed and say, "Oh, we'll figure it out," and then maybe some other offense will figure it out better. But with what the Chiefs are asking him to do, yeah, I mean, I would, I, I think I'm years removed from the idea that he was going to develop him to Tyree Kill. I think what where my optimism lies is in the fact that for one or two big plays every couple of weeks, he can be a game turner. But he's not the guy you want to go to on third and seven at the sticks. It makes him a very makes him a very challenging player to evaluate. Uh, back in the holding pattern here, either heading out to Arrowhead or heading back to the phones. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster here, live from the podium. Yeah, so um, with, with that play, um, obviously um, I had an under route, so they were clearing it out, and then we, I knew that um, the middle linebacker was going to get out, so I knew I had the middle field to work. And obviously, you know, I've been here you know, for qu- quite some time now, you know, working with Pat. I know play never never ends, basically. Um, running across the field, uh, Pat sees me wide open, throws me the ball, and, you know, me just being a physical player I am, uh, just spun out of it and took it to the house. Did it feel like a playoff game today, playoff atmosphere? I feel, I mean, playing here, I feel like it's a, it's a playoff atmosphere every game, um, you know, with the fan base and how crazy it is. But, yeah, you, you're talking about a great opponent, a great opponent like the Bills. Um, you know, I played them when I was in Pittsburgh, and, you know, playing here, it's the rivalry. It's, it's, it's a crazy atmosphere. Um, so, and I hope to see them again soon. Uh, 
Andy and Patrick both complimented your growth in, in the offense through six weeks. How do you feel that that, that has been going for you? With, with I think, I, I mean, honestly, I feel like I've been building that chemistry with him. You know, I've seen that him, him and Chad and how they work and uh, every single day. You know, I'm, tr I'm trying to get to that point where, you know, I mean, we're all trying to get to that point where the ball is being thrown in the air and, and he trusts us. So, um, yeah. Patrick has always said from the start of the season, it's going to be a difficult season in the game. Today was your turn. How did it feel for your first touchdown of the season as well? Uh, I felt amazing. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a great feeling, you know, you know, running to the end zone and uh, this uniform and this atmosphere and, uh, you know, the scoring touchdowns here is what I came to do. Um, honestly, it's just time. You know, um, like I said, this is only our sixth game in, and, you know, as time goes on, you know, we just build that chemistry and we just keep moving forward. Uh, and I, I've noticed that, you know, coming into week one and then week two, and then, you know, now we're going into week seven, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, we're getting there. Juju, you talked about building that trust with Patrick. Uh, on the touchdown pass, there were three, the Bills had three guys kind of in the area there. Do you think that's a pass he would have thrown to you earlier? Um, I mean, I feel like it's a pass he'll throw to anybody, you know, uh, in that position uh, early in the season. You know, um, there's not a lot of guys that I play with who can make that throw, and uh, he did. And you know, he trusted me to to catch the ball and go upfield and score a touchdown, and that was pretty cool. All right, thank you. Probably going to have shorter and not uh, super excitable press conferences today. Hard to be, uh, you know, get your first touchdown at Arrowhead and your first 100-yard game as a Chief as Juju Smith-Schuster there and then come to the podium as the game ends that way. Uh, of course, we'll be very interested to hear from uh, from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes on this team later on to hear them talk a little more about the Bills in the big picture and the offense in the big picture. But a big game for Juju today, and I continue to be pretty bullish on his ability to be a really big part of this offense. I mean, that's obvious, I suppose. Let me, let me make that a little stronger of a statement. A keystone of this offense that has dividends paying off in January. There you go. Maybe that's a little better. Um, I, I think Juju is a a really fascinating, continuing, and evolving part of what this team can do, specifically in those intermediate uh, ranges where Travis Kelsey is being beaten by a Gatorade bucket off the sideline. Having Juju to go to is a really big deal. I, I think he's going to continue to put up those sort of uh, quiet 100-yard games, if you will. Now, obviously, in this case, that was bolstered by the 42-yard uh, the touchdown, but I'm excited about Juju's role in this uh, in this team. I saw this tweet from Curtis Siebold and I uh, went and checked a couple places on my own. The Chiefs are currently two-and-a-half-point favorites at San Francisco next week. That defense is good. That offense isn't. That seems crazy to me. Two and a half seems crazy low, to be clear. I wouldn't have blinked if that game was six or six and a half points. They were just distracted by um, Garoppolo's handsomeness. I mean, it's hard not to be. Because it wasn't his quarterback play. No, it certainly hasn't been that for quite a long time. Uh, I just... I, the Niners lost to the Falcons today, guys. Hurry. Because the Falcons had those red helmets. Honestly. They're good. That uniform matchup was excellent. Those throwbacks, incredible. Look good, feel good, play good, get paid good. Maybe the Chiefs, you know what the Chiefs need? Chiefs need red helmets. 
know what the Bills need? The Bills need red helmets. Think about how good those red helmet Bills were. Those are all jokes, obviously. Uh, next up, we will get to hear from the defensive side of the field as Chiefs linebacker Nick Bolton takes the podium live from Arrowhead. This magnitude is probably the closest thing you're going to get to a playoff atmosphere uh, in a regular season. So uh, I'm really proud of the young guys, uh, young guys stepping up uh, when our number was called, going out there and executing the game plan, playing fast and playing confident, uh, getting a chance at the end to win the football game. Uh, and that's kind of what it's all about. You guys knew this coming in, but why was today you know, a, a reminder of why Josh Allen is Oh, yeah, he run the ball on the ground. I was put it in the air. Um, again, I kind of mentioned it earlier. It's like a DN uh, playing quarterback out in open space. And so uh, it's kind of a hard guy to tackle. Uh, the way they use him, I uh, give him in uh, different ways, kind of get the numbers uh, with the quarterback run game. Uh, and so it's kind of harder for us to uh, kind of scheme for that type of stuff. But uh, again, give them credit. Uh, they came out with a great game plan, executed on, and they make plays down the stretch. Uh, we got to get better, uh, but I'm proud of where we're at. I just tell them, um, just go out there and play you did in training camp. Uh, again, those guys on top of the ball, I give them all the respect, but we also got uh, those type of college players on our offense as well. Uh, we do that day in and day out in training camp, and uh, we push each other every single day to get better. And so, again, I tell them to play within themselves, and I play confident, uh, and just play with the little swagger that they got, and they've slowly been growing, uh, getting better every single day with. And so, uh, I know that those guys are going to come in, and they're going to do what they're supposed to do. It's just a stepping stone for us, and we're going to keep building them to build, uh, get a little bit better. Something you can put your finger on, maybe in those two games, what you did up to that point, and then what you did on that uh, on the winning drive. I oh, just got to make plays down the stretch. Uh, I feel like Coach Bass put us in great positions. Um, we just got to make plays, got to tackle. Um, we got to get him off the field. We had him on third and short, and I got a QB sneak, I believe, for a first down, and um, I kind of just kept the drive going. We just got to find a way to get stops down the stretch. And Nick, in a game like this, as you mentioned, a lot of young guys in a mm. playoff atmosphere almost. How much chemistry in a game like this? Oh yeah, uh, us as vets, uh, it's my second year, but us as vets, um, we kind of already believe in those guys. It's like this game gave them more confidence. Uh, that's kind of what it's about. Uh, it was, I believe what it's game six, yeah, six. Uh, so we got a long way to go. Um, so just them building confidence and them keep going and um, and keep believing in themselves is going to be huge for us down the stretch. Yeah, uh, I'm, we're firm. I believe we're probably going to see those guys again. Um, but for us, uh, for me personally, that's about next week. Uh, we got to uh, got to come come out next week. Uh, different offense, different philosophy. Uh, we got to stop the run, and uh, it's kind of what I'm looking forward to next week. I'm not looking too far ahead. I'm just going to take this week by week. How much more complicated is your job against a guy like Josh Allen, who's such a threat with the Uh I mean, it's kind of it's kind of the same as we go uh, game plan every single week. Uh, again, I give that guy a bunch of respect. Um, He's a great quarterback. I was one of the top quarterbacks in this league uh, for a reason. Um, again, uh, I'll just leave it at that. Good. All right. Thank you. All right. That's Nick Bolton, and we will still hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and also uh, some players from the locker room. Justin Reed and Sky Moore. Interesting. Okay. And then also, uh, we, you know, it might do. I know it's a little – It's. Usually we don't do this unless the Chiefs do lose, but uh, both Von Miller and uh, and Josh Allen could be kind of interesting. Um, Von Miller, especially, just getting that perspective of a uh, 
of an edge rusher who just wreaked some absolute havoc today. Uh, an interesting tweet here from Mitch Schwartz, quote tweeting a uh, a, a clip here. Oh, let me go ahead and mute the audio, I suppose, here on the radio show. On the pick at the end, um, Schwartz retweets it and says, Wiley had excellent protect- protection on this play, and he had really good protection on the play. Vaughn got around the corner at 11 yards, too. Yeah, Vaughn got him on a spin earlier in the game. He's gotten everyone on that. But the two at the end of the game aren't on Wiley. That's a right tackle's perspective who I would be interested in knowing about. So, yeah interesting and um either implying i think that especially earlier in the game that one was just on mahomes in the pocket after the, on the pick matt milano was just there to run at mahomes I, I think you probably just try to get that one out of bounds i don't know it's kind of interesting um let's uh let's take a couple calls for those of you who have been on hold for a while butch and ray we'll get to both of you guys then take a quick timeout. butch you are on here on sports radio 810 whb how's it going butch yeah gentlemen that <laughs> that was rough. Mm-hmm. Listen, that was actually a really fun game. I, I think that was one of the better efforts from a very young team um, that I've seen in a little while. Not because things went their way, not because all the plays were called perfectly, but because they understood that they were they were they weren't going to to take a back seat in what they call their identity just because of who they were playing. They believe in it. And it almost worked. But the problem is um, what we saw in those four quarters of play was that you're, you're playing a team that's going to be one of the better teams in this league in a decade. That, that's what Buffalo is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's rare to see with something like this. And for them to be as consistent as they are, the ability to stop offenses who average 31 points a game and just consistently shave 25% off of that point score, off the point whole game after game. They're doing it game after game after game. And I'm sure you've heard a lot of really cool measured takes from Chiefs fans here in these past few calls. Look, here's the way I would explain how unique they are. You're going to look back for the Chiefs and see that Leo Chanel took about, what, about 20 snaps for you? Mm-hmm. Because the Bills are based, and they go out of, they base out of two tight ends. So yeah. they're, they're bringing out Reggie Gilliam, they're bringing out Heavy Pretty. And you have to match that with heavier linebackers, of course, to be able to stop the run effectively. You didn't do that, but that's the reason why you make those personnel switches. The Bills don't do that. Everything is a nickel. Right. Every every single snap on defense, they have Taron Johnson out there, who fits the run like a linebacker. And then Matt Milano plays like an all-pro. And then Tremaine Edmonds plays like a pro bowler. They are unique, as unique as anything as we've seen. And that was a hell of an effort by Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. I think they'll get back to it. There's, there's nothing that you can take away from this game, in my opinion, that's negative beyond the fact that they maybe need an extra pass rusher. Yeah. Good game, fun, soak it in. Just enjoy that you saw good football today and, and, be, and be proud of that output from the Chiefs, even though you can be disappointed. Have a good one. Butch, I appreciate it. Uh, and I think that there's some, some good perspective in that, particularly some of that personnel stuff, man. Uh, on, on both sides of the ball, like this is, I'll have to go back after the fact, of course, and see how the Bills handled all this, but they're always in nickel. And I, I didn't see a whole ton of the Chiefs trying to run some more of their power-based football, both in terms of the run schemes and also kind of in the metaphorical sense, running more of their 13, 13 personnel stuff. The Bills ran a ton of 21 personnel stuff early in the game to really try to keep the Chiefs a little bit heavier. They wanted to keep extra linebackers on the field because the Chiefs only have two you can really trust on the best of times. And, and right now, it, Nick Bolton being the guy that you already would not want in coverage it, whenever you're looking at that duo of, of Bolton and gay in an ideal world 
Now all of a sudden it's Nick Bolton and Darius Harris, or like Butch said, Nick Bolton, Darius Harris, and Leo Chanel. That is a an advantage Buffalo personnel group, which is why I really think this defense is going to look even better whenever you get Willie Gay and Trent McDuffie on the field at the same time. This defense has been at full health for like, uh, what, two quarters this year, if even? Uh, I, I am... I am optimistic about this offense, or excuse me, about this defense. I am frustrated with the shortcomings of the offense today, but I do think there is something to the idea of trying to make an enormous big picture takeaway, probably making you look a little foolish down the line because there's a lot of football to be played. Uh, via Tommy Townsend nine minutes ago uh, on Twitter, love a p- random PED test. Classic. Tommy Townsend was great today. He was booming kicks. So much so that somebody somebody on the NFL said, hey, go get that. I don't know if it's the leg or the flowing locks, but something there is some, what, part of his performance is enhanced. enhanced. Next up, we go to Ray. Ray, what's going on? You're on Sports Radio 810. JB, thanks for having me, buddy, man. We go. I go back to you to the RTK, uh, RTK days, man. You uh, about seven years ago, man. You helped me get through a lot of two AM scenes, buddy. I appreciate you. <laughs> well, thank hey, you, Ray. Uh, I appreciate that a lot, man. Thank you. That's great to no hear. No problem, man. Hey, one thing about the offense. One thing about the defense. Uh, real quick on the offense. I'm not sure if uh, there's any internet service out there that one arrow drive. I'm not sure if anybody made Brett aware available that the Von Miller signed for like 160 million dollars <laughs> in Buffalo just to beat his Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not sure. <laughs> the, the, the rest of the division also added a bunch of really good defensive and pass rushers. Yeah. And so I was really shocked when I looked at the roster at the beginning of the season and saw that Andrew Wiley was an active member of this roster. I know Soren was making excuses for him. He makes like, you know, five and a half dollars an hour to play tackle for the Chiefs. I get that. But he's just not any good at football. I'd like <laughs> to see Skinny Schwartz out there. Yeah. Uh, can we get Skinny Schwartz back in, in uniform and get him out there? Uh, pass blocking on the defense i've come to take some medicine from you jb because i'm a man i can take it okay. leo chanel i was very excited about that draft mm. pick. Mm-hmm. and i've been circling this game on the couch because i've watched i've watched josh allen do that very feminine leap over our defenders every year and i've always watched the the guy that everyone blamed for the defense mistakes that plays linebacker and the short little white guy um I forget his name all of a sudden. That for uh, Ben Demon. Like, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Not his fault. Yeah. But uh, I'm like, this is going to be where Death Row comes in <laughs> and lays a smackdown on that effeminate leap when Alex and my guy played terrible tonight. Oh my gosh, Davey. So I've come to take my medicine <laughs> as a Leo Chanel supporter. But man, hey, I love what you're doing. I love your career where you guys are going to Kansas City, man. God bless you all. Listen up the air. Ray, I appreciate you, man. That really is is good to hear, my friend. Thank you for being around for as long as you have been. Um, And you don't have to take any medicine from me if you've been listening to me that long. I've got worse takes than that that have been piling up for years. Uh, And I'll even say this. If you are a Leo Chanel stockholder, don't sell now. You know, I, maybe buy a little bit more if you want. I, at least I would say don't sell your Leo Chanel stock. I, I think he's got places he could still go. But it's it's as a thumper, and you, you look the idea of Leo Chanel versus Josh Allen, man. I I get it. If there was ever a moment where those two were gonna like meet in a gap, I would have loved to have seen that. You and me both. But then those times come around where you remember that guys like Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or even you know Kyler Murray, that they are actually quarterbacks who can run, not running backs who occasionally attempt the throw. 
And whenever you've got to have Leo Chanel covering a professional NFL football player, things can get things can get messy. So that becomes that becomes the issue with with Chanel and and to a lesser extent Nick Bolton. And it's just another reason this team really misses Willie Gay. I think the Bolton Gay Chanel future. Uh, could still be very bright. I'm bullish on Darius Harris. I, I, I've been really impressed by him for what he is right now. But sometimes, sometimes guys fall in the draft with one bad trait for a reason. Sometimes you hear the rumblings of a couple of us who got to be out there at some, you know, some uh, some mini camps and whatnot. You get out there at training camp, talk to people that are there every day, and they go, yeah, man, I just don't know if this Leo fellow is able to Go left and right. Go go backwards right now. I'm, I would love to watch him hit. I do not like to see him uh, having to float around in space. And then even then, I'm. It's, he's a rookie. It's early. I'm not trying to judge any of these rookies too harshly. I wasn't going to take a Leo Chanel, uh-oh, not there yet, victory lap by any means tonight. Just some growing pains for some of these young guys. Sky Moore on a key play. Mahomes went to him, and uh, and after the play... He was he was talking to Mahomes. I don't even know if he was a target there, but he and Mahomes were talking after the play in a way that looked like Mahomes trying to explain something to Sky Moore. You got to work the rookies in eventually to get them some some opportunities in some moments. But then also, whenever there's a rookie mistake made by a rookie, you you don't really have the right to be surprised at that point. That that's that's where I'm at. Um, and another reason that I my blood pressure is is better now with this game being on October 16th than it would be on January 16th or whenever that would be later January than that. Hopefully, because otherwise, I guess that means one of these teams is uh, not the two seed, and I don't think the Bills are going to fall all the way to three, four, five, six. So, uh, hopefully, at least these two teams are meeting in the AFC Championship game again, and I bet we'll have some similar matchups and some extremely different ones. We will take a timeout here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show. It's brought to you by CBD American Shaman, free CBD samples every day. We'll hear more audio from the locker room. We'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. We'll take more of your calls and talk to Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. That's the plan for the rest of the show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Mahomes is dancing around. Now finds an open man. It's Smith Schuster bouncing off the hit, and here he goes to the end zone for the touchdown. It was a great play from Juju Smith Schuster, his first hundred-yard receiving day as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. In fact, it was a sweet play. Andy's Sweet Play of the Game is brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Stop by any KC location for Travis Kelsey's 87 and running concrete and help raise money for this worthy cause. 87 and running and Andy's Frozen Custard, the perfect option play for KC fans everywhere. I uh, I went through the Andy's drive through on the way back uh, from a couple of days ago. Got that pumpkin pie concrete because Jason swears that it's the best thing he's ever eaten. Felt like fall. Felt like an autumn cup of custard. Should really turn my mood around now. Because currently I have a big cup of Bills 24, Chiefs 20. I should have just gone to Andy's. You can, though. That's the that's the good side of all of this. You can still make your way out there. <laughs> I will be here, though, with Beards McFly and uh, Dylan Michaels back behind the scenes. Bringing you everything from this game that we have to say, to hear, to learn. 
to break down, and we'll continue doing it on the phones right now with Travis. Travis, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's on your mind? What's up, JB? How you doing tonight? I'm still doing all right. How are you? I'm good, man. So I got a couple things. One, um, we were actually at the game. I'm not a fan of the play calls. I don't know why they were so wide open in the flats on every first down. Mm. Um, we we continue to not be able to cover running backs out of the backfield, and it's I just, I just don't understand why Spags can or won't make that adjustment. Um, the other thing is uh, <clears throat> we really need to fix this defensive line. I mean. You're not going to beat Josh Allen if you can't get pressure on him. And with a, yeah. a banged-up defense and a young defense and a banged-up secondary, if you're not going to get home with the front four or at least pressure uh, or Park or, you know, Hurry Village or something, like it is not – they, they um, on the quarterback – and then the other thing that I, I'm done with Clyde Edwards Dulaire. I don't know why they continue to run him out there. Um, he, he and they can, and they do weird stuff too, Josh. They do stuff like run sweeps with him. Why are you sweeping with with Clyde Edwards Dulaire? He's the slowest running back you have. Run him in the middle, and then when he does run up the middle, the holes to the left, and he'll run to the right, or just Larry Johnson smash his way into the line. Like I don't understand it. They have some things to figure out. I'm not really mad about the loss. I didn't expect them to win this game. But this is weird. I felt like being in person and watching the game, I feel like they gave the game away. Yeah. I feel like they absolutely should have won this game, and they just handed it to them. Um, in the stadium, I'm going to tell you, in the stadium, the Travis Kelsey pass interference looked really ticky-tack. It, it looked ticky-tack um, on TV also, yeah. And then, and then one more thing. Could you please explain to me why on in the first quarter on the opening drive, I believe it was the opening drive, um, we scored a touchdown and there was offsides and they played, called the play dead instead of letting us have the free play. What was the time? I, I do think, and Travis, I'm sorry, I'm going to hang up on you here because we've, we've had your phone kind of burp in and out a little bit, but I got like 99% of it. Appreciate the call, man. Um, on the... On the non-free playback on that first drive, the the call was unabated to the quarterback on Von Miller, which which is um, I think it was neutral zone infraction unabated to the quarterback. I believe it was the entire call from the ref off the top of my head right now. And whenever that's the call, the the thought is they blow that play dead because otherwise the edge rusher would have a free shot to take a free hit on a quarterback who's probably not ready for it. Um, so that is like an old, an older school kind of player safety sort of thing of, hey, it's a free play if, you know, they come across the line, but then their momentum's going backwards again where it would benefit the offense. In the, in the, the instance of a, a play like that, they blow it dead if they think that a defensive player is about to decapitate a quarterback and they want to blow it dead before that happens. So that's sort of the explanation on how that happens. Um, one thing on all of the spacing issues and saying, oh, you know, the Spags defense, this and here and there, I, I end up boiling it down to a spacing issue. I could have built that backwards there, but, but stick with me. If you are an offense, the thing you're looking for is grass. You, you, you're not looking for your defenders, typically speaking, right? You're, you're looking for where they aren't and how to get there and how to try to create that space between you and them and to figure out how you can how you can um, pull that out of thin air if you're you know able to, to, to create 
spacing for your offense to function with as little interference as possible. And I don't think that the Chiefs at this moment have a schematic spacing issue. I just think that Darius Harris and Leo Chanel are not really gay and that Josh Williams is not uh, Trent McDuffie. And frankly, that I don't know how many snaps he played, but Deion Bush is not Brian Cook. Brian Cook would have been a nice dude to have for a game like this. Or maybe to, to our, our conversation from a little bit ago, maybe he could have done some of the things that Leo Chanel could not. Where he leans in the um, coverage flexibility much, much so, more so than a linebacker in kind of the um, bulked up, sped up Dan Sorensen sort of role. Deion Bush isn't there to do that. Um, Justin Reed can do a little bit of it. Like, I mean, that's just not who those guys are, though. Brian Cook would have really helped for the skill set of shrinking down the field with speed. Willie Gay does that as much as anybody in the middle of the field. Even McDuffie, even in terms of like covering running backs. Obviously, if, if he's running downfield, he's downfield. But having corners that know how the offense is working knowing where they need to be defensively and having the speed to get there to clean up those messes. Now, all of a sudden you're running back out of the flats, a four yard gain instead of a 12 yard gain. That stuff matters. So I, I just, my only real like regret here is that I really wish I could have watched this exact same game with, with dudes at full capacity. Now the bills have not had and will not have their full capacity defense for the rest of the year. Um, That is, I'm not saying the Chiefs got robbed from that by any means whatsoever. Tredavious White still not back yet, and uh, he's on the pup list, and Micah Hyde's not coming back. So none of this is to say like the Chiefs got the worst of the injury luck. They just it would have been nice to see those guys. Um, on the Clyde points, I have no notes. You nailed it. Thank you very much for making so many good points. Why is your slowest running back running sweeps? And whenever he's running interior, I would just give it to Pacheco because I either he's going to know where to go or he's going to get there harder than than Clyde will. On the cornerback situation. Sure. Are we sure that a rookie that hasn't played in the NFL yet is the answer? I asked that only you as— You mean McDuffie? Yes. Only, oh, I asked yeah. this only as like a you know devil's advocate. Sure. I don't know that he's going to be um, prime Namdi Asamoah, prime Darrell Revis, but I can promise you that he's an upgrade over Josh Williams, frankly, Jalen Watson, Rashad Fenton, etc., based off of just the fact that it's easier to judge, and it's not easy, but you can, you can see translatable traits from the college level to the pros in addition to... What we saw from him in training camp, what we saw from him very briefly in the preseason, and how it started against Arizona. I don't, I don't know what, what degree of certainty I could give you on that, I suppose. Here's the maybe the harder truth of it. If he isn't the answer, there's not one. Because they're not going to go find an elite corner anywhere else. You pray to God that the number one first-round draft pick that you traded up for at corner has the traits that you that you saw. There could definitely be growing pains. Josh Allen could still pick on him if, he, if he's one-on-one with Gabe Davis or, or Stephon Diggs, but I would like to see it. Also, I, I said he hadn't played yet. I forgot how he played in the first bit of the year. Game. Wasn't a ton. That was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, and he didn't play for a long time. So, you know, that, that, uh, that one's excused. Next up on the phones, here we go to Zach. Zach, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, Zach? Hey, Josh. Long time, first time, man. Just wanted to say appreciate the show. Appreciate everything you've done for KC. 
Um, Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Really wanted to say that, uh, you know, we've got a lot of reasonable callers I've been listening for the last hour, and most people aren't too upset about this game. Mm-hmm. I've been a diehard, man. I've, you know, been through the Gerback and everything and <laughs> cried my way through that. And this is really the first game where I think I've gotten over this game, this loss, faster than I've ever gotten through any Chiefs loss ever. Yeah, We lost to an amazing team, man. We had two of our main starters out. I, Trent McDuffie and Willie Gay. They, I mean, who, Joshua Williams, how many touchdowns did he give up? And then, you know, Leo Chennault. He did not do that great of a job tackling Josh Allen. We're going to have two playmakers in the playoffs when we definitely see them again. They're going to take over the game and are definitely going to stop them. I, you know, I wasn't expecting this game to be this close. And the fact that our guys went out there and battled, Mahomes had some mistakes. He continued to battle. I, I, I have no issues. We'll see you guys in the playoffs. We'll see the Bills in the playoffs, man. We'll take care of business. It, it, Get over this one. Sleep well tonight, Chiefs fans. We're going to get them back. Let's go. Zach, stay on the line for me, my friend. I appreciate the uh, the first step into the post-game space being a good one. More on that in just one second. But stay on the line there, Zach, until Beers can get your information. Uh, I'll tell you more about our friends at Greengrass Cattle Company here in just one second. But I agree with you. Um, not uh, To the point that I think by the time the post-game show was starting, I don't necessarily you know think of myself as lacking for things to talk about but trying to come up with the big macro takeaway from this game was harder than it is like I said earlier like the Colts game man I know exactly why the Chiefs lost to the Colts and I was frustrated about that for uh the next week following I guess because that that is one of those losses that is partially inexplicable and partially extremely explicable you know exactly what happened you had a, a rookie muffin opening kick, and then everything on the, from that point forward got worse and worse. Today, I really do think there is something to just saying, that's a really good football team over there, and they got us. All right. Hope we get to see that rematch. Now, look, that doesn't mean that it's coming without consequences. The Chiefs are now behind the eight ball in the AFC. It doesn't mean that there weren't bad performances like Zach mentioned, plenty of guys can can wear some of the blame for this. Better performances in a couple of places would be very interesting to see how that would change things. But also, they were shorthanded and lost by four. I, I don't want to do this every single week and just explain how the result of every game doesn't actually matter because there's no there's no like fundamental truth behind it. But like just humor me a tiny bit. If uh, Chris Jones gets properly called for tripping on that sack of Josh Allen, the energy is all even worse. And how does how does the next couple of sequences go? They force the ball back into the Chiefs' offense's hands. Could the Bills have turned this into a blowout if he gets penalized for something that should have been a penalty? If that first down pass to Jarek McKinnon on the next drive, or excuse me, to Travis Kelsey on the next drive, if he's able to turn that corner and it's a nine-yard gain, and then McKinnon gets that one yard on whatever play they run with him in there, which again, I'm, I don't understand the usage of these running backs. I'm very confused by it. And then the offense keeps moving. Now all of a sudden you're giving the Bills the ball back with very little time. Or 
Harrison Butker makes his first field goal. Now the Chiefs are playing for a field goal with a minute and two timeouts. Or on uh, third and two, Justin Reed was a free rusher on that last offensive drive for the Bills. And Allen dropped it to Diggs on a pick play through uh, Josh Williams and Deion Bush. If Justin Reed gets there, if Josh Allen loosely double clutches the ball, if Reed gets a hand up and and bats the ball backward, now it's fourth and two, and they have one play to win the game. The point isn't that this game doesn't matter or is excusable or whatever. The point is, this game, the result of this game changed on one individual play like five times. It was the Chiefs game or the Bills game or the Chiefs game or the Bills game, depending on this dude's fingernail or that dude's fingernail. Kair Elam versus MVS. Isaiah McKenzie versus the football. <laughs> Wherever you want to make your mark, you could draw this back where this this was not the Chiefs getting outclassed, which is what it kind of felt like happened last year in the weather-delayed game. But even that one was closer later than most people are giving it credit for. Just two good teams, and one was a little better today. All that to say, you just heard our call of the game presented by Greengrass Cattle Company. Uh, their store is in Western Missouri. Uh, uh, Weston, excuse me. Western Weston, I suppose. I don't know. Listen, just, just take this one. Let's take this one from the top. The call of the game brought to you by Greengrass Cattle Company. Visit their store in Weston, Missouri, a 45 highway, less than a mile from the ranch, or order online at greengrasscattleco.com, and they'll deliver right to your door. They are all locally owned and operated in Weston, in Missouri. Um, We got to go out there and visit the ranch uh, a couple of weeks back, had a fabulous time, pet some cows, fed some cows, stepped in some poop. Overall, it's just an incredible. They, they treat they treat those cattle incredibly well. Um, give them an incredible uh, quality of life, and uh, then the quality of the product is right there at the very very best you're going to be able to find anywhere. And it's all locally, um, all locally owned and operated right here in uh, in, in Missouri. So I am a huge fan of the folks at Greengrass Cattle Co. I'll tell you more about them later on in the show as well. In the meantime, back to the phones for Paul. Paul, you're on Sports Radio 810. What's on? What's going on, Paul? Oh, great show. Look, Josh Allen, uh, he's the real deal. We know that. He played an excellent game today, so we're going to give him his props. And uh, that's what they needed to, to beat us, so I'm not too too worried about that. Uh, one thing I'm concerned about is we didn't account for Von Miller. I don't understand why we didn't chip him, account for his presence everywhere we go. Uh, I'm not sure about that because you, you know going into the game he's going to be a difference maker on that side of the ball. Uh, second thing. We go to San Francisco next week. We come out of a bye, and I'm kind of a look forward guy, military guy. I'm looking at the next mission. Mm. We have got to make a, a run here. Uh, looking at our remaining schedule, we can make a, a serious run. And second, what do you think about this? I think the national media tomorrow, when I watch all the sports radios or the sports shows on national TV, they're going to bury the Chiefs, and uh, I think we need to use that. We need to use that to motivate us. Not that they need their professionals, but we're going to get buried tomorrow. They're going to say the Chiefs aren't the real deal. Buffalo. You know, that's going to go through them. Um, and how about Harris Bucker? 62 yards in Kansas City in mid-October. That, that, that play there just got me jacked up, but I'm yeah. still jacked up about it. Have a great night, guys. Thank you. I really appreciate that, Paul. Thank you for your call, and thanks for listening. Um, yeah, Butker turning around while the ball was still in midair was one of the colder things I've ever seen a kicker do. Very Steph Curry of him. Very Steph Curry. 
Um, also, much like Steph Curry, you know, choked in a big moment not very long after that. So, I mean, yeah, the similarities continue. I thought the that sun, might annoy the, beards, but the, the Suns will be better. Don't worry. They'll be second round this year, at least. I don't know that they will be. Um, lots of good stuff, though, there that I wanted to come back to. First of all, on Von Miller saying, hey, why not chip him more? Just to be clear, that is a very fair question, and I'm here for you. I'm here for it. I get it. I think the Chiefs' answer would be the same reason they weren't chipping Max Crosby in the first half last week. They didn't want to. Now, you could say, oh, that's sort of that's sort of uh, opaque of you. I mean, what are you, what are you, you you're, just, you're just not going to change? Sort of stubborn. You don't want Travis Kelsey having to do the chipping because he's your number one wide receiver. Anytime you have somebody chipping, you are making them at least less of an option in the passing play. I know most people probably know this. I'm over-explaining for a reason. I just think at the core of it, the Chiefs want to have their five guys be able to live on an island. And even as a guy like Mitch Schwartz says that Andrew Wiley did not have a terrible game today, and gosh dang, do I, do I trust um, Mitch Schwartz's uh, right tackle evaluation more than my own eyes? Even then, I'm, I'm guessing that the Chiefs will probably try again for a second or third round right tackle this year. Uh, Lucas Niang's on the pup list. He was their last attempt at it. His career has been kind of funky the COVID year, um, then the injury. Now he's still you know working back from that knee issue. So we'll see if he's ever back in the mix. I think the Chiefs want to be able to set their tackles on islands. I think it's one of the reasons they were cool with having a stylistically different player in Orlando Brown. We said, look, run this dude you know, out behind the pocket or don't just don't get beat inside. Live on an island and we'll see you later. By the way, again, to the Orlando Brown conversation you've been having over the last few weeks, did you see what Von Miller did as the game went on, specifically in the second half? He was over against Andrew Wiley. That was not the, the plan the whole game, I do not imagine. He was over beating Andrew Wiley and giving him a handful because Brown was doing all right on the left side. I just think that's interesting. And then looking ahead, yes, they they have to. I am shocked that the Chiefs are only two and a half point favorites against the Niners. Then the bye week, Titans, Jags, Chargers, Rams, Bengals, Broncos, Texans, Seahawks, Broncos, Raiders is the rest of your season. Now the Bills schedule also is looking pretty pretty light and fluffy from here on out. I will say that's not a cakewalk as much as we imagined at the beginning of the year. It's not a list of teams I'm very worried about. Sure, but it's not. The Jaguars I, are better than we thought they were. Yes, but the Broncos are a lot worse. Also fair. The Seahawks are better than we thought they'd be. The Texans are who we thought they'd be. The Rams are a lot worse. So that's And that's how that always happens, right? I mean, you always go, oh, this schedule's really easy, really hard, whatever. And it kind of comes out in the wash to some extent. Do I have time to take one more phone call, then we can break beards? Beard says, beard says to break, but can I, can I sneak in one call? If I, what, if, what if we make it quick? What if we make it real fast? What if it's really very, very quick? What if I just say, hey, what if I just say, hey, this guy's name, you're on 810, and then we can make it quick, and then we can take a break? I bet he'd rather be on now, though. He's been on hold for like 20 minutes. Please, Beards, why can't it? Why, see, now I've taken long enough. You're with Jason every day. You can't give me one late break on one postgame segment so I can get Robert on the line. I don't want to wait to make him wait six more minutes. Robert, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Robert, we fought for you. I fought for you, Robert. Give me a good take. Now i got to be fast. First of all, uh, Gary cracks me up every single week, man. He's that guy that calls in every week, Yes, has nothing but bad things to say. <laughs> and then the, the four times a year or three times a year that we lose, he's like, see, I told you so. <laughs> and I laugh every single time. It's hilarious. That's number one. Number two, the only thing I wanted to see today 
was, is this Buffalo Bills team really like the New England Patriots that went undefeated? Are they some unbelievable team that can't be beat? You know what? The answer is no. Yeah. Made a lot of mistakes. Came down to the last possession. They made one more play, just like we made one more play in the playoffs. Let's see them at the end of the year. I love it. Let's go. Worth getting you in before the break, Robert. I appreciate you. Well done. Under the buzzer. We'll take a break here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. He's looking down the middle, looking for other options. Oppermann comes in. Oh, he gets it away for the touchdown. Got it away. Had enough time to find Hardman for the Kansas City score. Patrick Mahomes certainly has his has his electric moments, had his electric moments tonight. And tonight, that was one of them. That is our electric play of the game brought to you by Bickamer Electric. Bickamer Electric, from small jobs to big jobs, the Bickamer team knows how to take care of your commercial and residential electric needs. That's Bickamer Electric. Wish there would have been a little more electricity at Arrowhead, a 20-point effort from this offense. Certainly not. Um, the ideal circumstance for a team quarterback by Patrick Mahomes, but ups and downs and a solid effort from the Bills' defense and a solid effort from the Chiefs' defense, honestly, um, gives you a game with 44 total points between two of the most vaunted teams in the NFL. We'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in mere moments, but first, Kyle and Tony have been on hold. Kyle, you're up first here on the Sports Radio 810 WHP Postgame Show. Hey, Josh, thanks again for taking my call. Lovely, good show as always. Thanks, Scott. Uh, sorry about my voice. I lost it. I went to the game today, and sorry I lost it. <laughs> That's all right. I'm glad I'm glad you really laid it out on the field. Then. That's all you can do, 110% and all that. Oh, thank you so much. So my first point is I'm going to make a couple points real quick, and I'll listen off the air. But my first point is when I, I had some good seats, so I, I got to watch really closely on the offensive line. And Orlando Brown struggled. He uh, he he got off the ball slow. It wasn't just Andrew Wiley. Orlando Brown just looked like he he couldn't even get off the ball quick enough, and he missed a few blocks. And, and Mahomes got pressure because of Orlando Brown's missed blocks. I don't think Orlando Brown is worth uh, the money that he's asking for. If anything, he deserves a, he needs a, a chocolate chip cookie. And, uh, and sit on the bench and just watch the on how other people block. Uh, that's my first point. The second point is, uh, my second point is the refs missed a lot of calls. And the first half, I don't like griping about refs, but this is the second week now. I watched the refs, and they had more flags in that first half than I've seen in any other game. Yeah. It, that was embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. And the rest, again, I, to me, wanted their TV time. I'm not going to go into politics here, but I feel like this, this repping crew, again, what this other repping crew that we had tonight wanted the TV time. And it's absolutely getting ridiculous. There's a flag on almost every other play in that first half. I'll listen off the air. And I'm trying to avoid going home because my stepdad is a Dallas Cowboy fan, and nothing would make my night greater if the Dallas Cowboys would lose. So I don't have to hear another Dallas Cowboy fan, oh, you know we're going to the Super Bowl, right? So I'll listen off the air, Josh, but thanks for taking my call. Kyle, I appreciate it. Maybe I can give you some good news here, uh, as you could uh, hear later on here tonight on uh, on Sports Radio 810 WHB, Kansas City. 
That was a uh, a pick. Oh, I thought it was a pick six, actually. It's not. It's just a pick for the Eagles in Cowboys territory. They're up 7 nothing right now. Um, so at the very least, uh, hopefully, Kyle, you can at least look forward to uh, maybe misery-loving company in terms of the uh, the teams losing there tonight. Is that over on ESPN Kansas City right now, Beards? Uh, Sunday Night Football? Okay, it sure is. 15-10 a.m., 94.5 FM, if you want to check out uh, the NFC East showdown going on there on Sunday Night Football. But... Eagles are already up 7 nothing, and uh, knocking on the door here again early in the second quarter. Uh, we have a Twitch comment here from Credible Hulk sure. on Twitch. Uh, he says, chocolate chip cookies do sound good, actually. Yeah. Um, I responded amazing. Um, and then Caden responded again. I mean, if I'm going to get benched, I'd take a cookie. Definitely. Yeah. I I would also like a cookie if everybody wanted to just start, you know, bringing chocolate chip cookies to the station on game days or something like that. That was the one problem with our lunch plan today. Yeah. A lot of times we'll get uh, Good Sense and mm-hmm. get their chocolate chip cookies. I didn't do that today. No. I'll take the L on that one. That was my bad. That's okay. I Look, to be honest, the chest, my bad. neither one of us would have had the cookies right now. They would have been gone by now. And but so we still would be. the memory of the cookies. I already, I know what a Good Sense cookie tastes like. I've had a lot of them. They're delicious. I want it's one in my mouth weeks, now, not That's, one in yeah. my mind and my heart now. There's always a cookie in my heart. Some part of that will probably make the cuts for Friday. I don't know what, but I'm sure there's something out of context there. One more call before we shift over to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Let's get to Tony. Tony, what's going on, man? Hey, Josh. I disagree a little bit with the uh, last caller. I thought Orlando Brown had a pretty decent night, one of his best of the year. Of course, when you're comparing that to what's happened previously, it's not a high bar. But one of the big problems tonight was Trey Smith getting repeatedly pushed back into Patrick Mahomes with uh, uh, Phillips, who's just blowing him up all night. One of those um, sacks on Mahomes or bad pressures was actually Vaughn Miller splitting a double team between Wiley and Smith. Mm -hmm. That just can't happen. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I know Miller's a stud, but, I mean, come on. But my bigger caller, and you had mentioned this, earlier your bewilderment with how the running backs are being utilized what is going on is there any strategy i am i the only chiefs fan that's tired of seeing five foot four ceh getting thrown down by one hand by 58 play after play after play um there's no lining up under center in an eye formation running the ball at people they brag about how physical this offensive line is, but all they ask them to do is either throw the or pass protect or pull and run misdirection. And so it gives Mahomes never any opportunity for play action when you don't line the ball up and try to run it at somebody. It seems that that's a big missing element in this. Um, and I say that in the fact that the sky is not falling. This is one game. The injuries have piled up. But it seems to me that we got to get this figured out because going to San Francisco next week, Vegas is never wrong. Mm-hmm. And 2.5 points next week, that's, uh, that is suggestive to me that Vegas thinks we're going to lose. Yeah. Um, and so this better get figured out in a hurry because the offense was really weird tonight. And I hate to say this, and I don't say it often, but um, if you want to put somebody to take somebody to put this on tonight, it might be Patrick because those interceptions were brutal. Um, the first one, especially, yeah, it was a nice play. But hey, you know, sometimes taking the three uh, and, and it isn't the worst thing to do, especially when you start the game with a turnover and you're getting the ball to start the second half. Um, just thoroughly frustrating all around. But uh, 
nothing is more frustrating to me than the running back usage at this point. I'm with you on that, Tony. I appreciate the call. A lot of good stuff there that I'll, I'll try to kind of sort through some of here. Um, on the, I'm going to come back to the running back usage, I promise. I'm glad you mentioned Orlando Brown again because I kind of wanted to mention um, what, what both of what the kind of last handful of callers have mentioned on the offensive line. Again, one thing that I'll at least say for sure, Vaughn Miller, I don't know if it was 100% or if it was just that I didn't see him uh, on the other side. Vaughn Miller was going up against Andrew Wiley at least to the second half of that game, on the snaps that he made an impact. If he was switching back and forth, if that was the case, I did not see him beat Orlando Brown in the second half of this game. And if it wasn't the case, he just stayed parked over on the other side. That is a little bit of respect for Orlando Brown. I think that he still stylistically looks so different than other linemen that we've had around here for the last decade or so. Going back to Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz and all of that, dudes that have kind of like technicians but not that size, you you can't lose on that interior spin. Wiley got beat on one of those. That was bad. You can't lose on that interior spin move from Von Miller because then, then he's in the, the 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 lap of Patrick Mahomes. And I'd say that at least that last pick of Mahomes is again. It doesn't really the difference between that pick being where it was and being thirty seconds later in the end zone is zero. Just in terms of like where the game situation was. That first pick certainly was much more costly. You don't want to throw a pick on that last drive, but if the Chiefs were going to win that game, it was going to be on Mahomes creating. So that one's not going to bother me at all. Not great. Could have done something different. Doesn't hurt me. Trey Smith had a bad day, and he's had a rough year. He's had two injuries that have been put him on injury reports that have been nagging. He missed the game last week. I think... I think pretty clearly he's less than 100% just based off the context of the injuries. I don't know how it translates, how, what percent he is, but it, he is clearly performing at a lesser level from where he was at his peak last year. Let me, let me try to tell you what I think the Chiefs think about their running backs. Okay? Let me try, let me try to tell you, well, let me try, Tell you what I think the Chiefs think. Now what I think, and I don't think that I'm going to agree with it, but I'm going to try. Uh, Andy Reid, this is a beautiful fly sports radio, 810 WHB. Um, how do you think, what do you think about the running back room? Or just the general Chiefs in general? What do you think about the running back room? Again, the beautiful fly sports radio, 810 WHB. Starts with me. All right, no more questions. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks, guys. <clears throat> now up to the podium. Joshua Briscoe, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Didn't have an Andy Reid impression of me today. So we did that whole bit to get around it. Since they drafted Clyde edwards Lair, they have tried to make him as big of a role player as possible, I think. Kind of what they feel like they could trust him with. Last year, that culminated in him being the first and second down back. This year, they see him as the first and second down back, at least in the ideal world. Having him on the field on first and second downs means defenses are guessing. They could hand it to Clyde. They could run something out of that. Some of the Clyde out of the backfield routes this year have been tremendous. You might say, huh, seems like he's a real third down back type, right? You would like to think that. You would like to hope that. 
That is not what it is. Doesn't seem like the Chiefs trust him in pass protection as far as they could throw him, which actually might be farther than they trust him currently. I don't fully understand it, but it seems evident. He is not their third down back. It is Jarek McKinnon. They signed Ronald Jones not to be their third down back or to even move Clyde to the third down back role. Ronald Jones was signed to be the Clyde Edwards-Elair backup on first and second down because that's when Ronald Jones is also at his best. Now, he's out there not catching passes. He's out there to run the football straight ahead. He's not been active yet this year, by the way. But then Isaiah Pacheco came along. They brought back McKinnon, still a guy you can trust in pass pro, and then you can trust him as a receiver. But sometimes, if you're running back on the field as a pass catcher, you're going to have to hand him the football because otherwise, you know, you've told the defense what kind of play you're running. The stretch boundary runs with Clyde make me want to pull my hair out because he's not fast enough to get there. And then the the up-the-gut stuff with Clyde is infuriating because I feel like you're kind of flipping a coin on if he's going to get the right hole on the read. And sometimes he does, which is back to this whole, like, consistency slash infuriating nature of some of this stuff. Isaiah Pacheco got to town and was better than they expected him to be. And more useful in more spots. He is the biggest running back. And he's a willing pass protector. And so far, he's been pretty good at it. And if he gets better just in the understanding of the offense, reading defenses and knowing what he needs to do based on what the defenses are showing him, a steep learning curve from Rutgers to Andy Reid. But whenever he gets to that point, he will be the best running back on this roster. I don't know how long it's going to take before they are using him that way. But I am at a point now, I believe, where if Isaiah Pacheco was on the field on first downs, I would be happy to see it. And if Clyde was on the field for third downs, I would be happy to see it. And what it seems to be, and I'll have to look more at the snap charts. There's, there are a couple of new sort of snap charts making the rounds around the internet this year, looking at drive-by-drive um, drive usage. What I think might actually be coming together is a little bit of less down-dependent and more series-dependent. Hey, here's a Clyde drive, here's a McKinnon drive, here's a Pacheco drive. I understand the logic of wanting to keep running backs fresh with that strategy. You want to rotate through and all of that, and then also you want to keep the same personnel out there, again, to keep defenses guessing and to keep yourself more multiple with what your options are. I understand why you would want to do it that way. I just don't know that they have the ammunition from these backs to do it that way. And the offensive line has been stuffed up enough this year that there are moments when you say, well, yeah, I could run the ball through these gaps. And then there are times when it appears that prime Ladanian Tomlinson couldn't find his way through it. I, I, I still have more questions than answers. Those are the closest things I have to answers just with the process I've been paying attention to over the course of this offseason. It's not very satisfying, it's pretty frustrating, and it's really odd. That's where we're at. With that, we can hear from the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid, addressing the media following Chiefs' bills. We'll get to that here. Well, we'll get to that in just a moment.
Andy Reid is presented by Robert Brogdon Buick GMC and Robert Brogdon's Olathe Kia. Visit BrogdonAutomotive.com. We'll open with the open, the opening statement from Andy Reid and any injury news from this performance. All right. Um, as far as we had no injuries uh, today. So, listen, uh, there, there's some good things we can take out of this game, as tough as it is, uh, with our young guys and how they, how they stepped up and competed. Uh, we had too many mistakes when it was all said and done, um, and they had a few less ones than what, what we did. Uh, but it's good to learn from this, and, and um, it can benefit you down the road if you, if you handle it right. So, I, and this team, I think, will we'll definitely do that. Um, with that, I thought, again, the defensive secondary with Joshua Williams and Devin Bush stepped up in, in big positions for us. Um, again, their experience will will uh, benefit us down the road. Um, Jalen Watson, again, is continuing to, to grow back there. So, uh, like I said, the, the young guys are um, doing some good things. And then it was good to get Bucker back. Juju, I thought, had a nice day. Um, Kels had a nice day. And then our defensive line with Frank and Chris and Carlos and, you know, the crew there, I thought they um, – they did some nice things uh, throughout, and I, you know, I mean, I can keep going on. When you have a game like this, it's right there. I mean, it's uh, two good teams playing each other, and the smallest of things can can get you um, get you off course, and the other team can, can uh, you know can beat you. So we we got to clean up a few things. We'll do that, and then we'll get right back on it and get ready for uh, the 49ers. With that time yours. Two things from that. One, I just think that the larger scale takeaway of, hey, this is just a loss and the loss is a loss and this is what happened, I think is reasonable. Two good teams, again, much less frustrating than Chiefs-Colts. Also, I wonder who Devin Bush is. Dion Bush has been on this team for a while now. Devin Bush is actually a player for this. Is he with the Steelers? I'll tell you what, he's definitely not on the Chiefs. It's a long game. He is still with the Steelers. Look at that. Shout out to Devin Bush from Andy Reid while talking about Deion Bush. Trying to give us something to laugh about. Uh, Reid said that, you know, that could be a, a building moment for this team. You can learn from this game and then take some things away from it that will help you out in the future. Joshua Williams might have some things to pull from here. He was asked about Williams getting tested and, and hanging resilient through this game. Yeah, I mean, that's what I take out of this. I, I take, uh, you know, we had some nicks and bruises and, and guys stepped up like that. Um, and he kept coming after it. And uh, he'll be better off for that down the road. And we'll be better off for it down the road. I mean, that's, that is, I think, objectively true. You got him some reps. You hope it doesn't shake his confidence and just gave him some real NFL bullets to, to have to look at. Unfortunately, came in a really, really big game that, has some really great receivers with an excellent quarterback throwing him the ball. Uh, one quarterback who had just the ball in his hands at the end and and ultimately was not able to make another miracle happen. Here's Andy Reid on Patrick Mahomes' late interception. Yeah, listen, I mean, he was trying to make make something happen, and Seven did a nice job of cutting it. And, and um, you know, uh, but he was he was trying to trying to make something happen. And normally normally it does. That one, you know, the guy did a nice he made a nice play on it. I really kind of do think that one's about that simple. Mahomes tried to make something happen. He makes things happen all the time. In this case, 
You're just trying to move down the field. You don't want to have that pick that early in the drive. You'd rather have some chances to make the big play. But I'm just not losing sleep on that on that front. I'll be more interested to hear Mahomes talk about the uh, the earlier interception as well. Uh, but still here with Andy Reid. A lot of guys are already talking about seeing these Bills again. Andy Reid was asked about the possibility of seeing Buffalo one more time in January. Well, there's a chance. I mean, you never know how the how things go in this league, but. Um, you know, if we if we keep playing well and they play well, I'm I'm sure they'll come back around. But um, we got to make sure we take care of our business and clean up a few things, and you know, make sure that we have an opportunity to continue to win games. Saw some tweets out of the locker room from reporters who are out there. I think McDowell might have tweeted about it. Lebo's out there, and uh, just sort of seemed like the consensus was that. This is a team that is looking forward to seeing that team again, just like I'm sure the Bills have been in that position multiple times. The Chiefs were in that position last year in the regular season, and then you have the playoff game for the ages. This is just a rivalry that's going to go some different ways a couple times. I, I, I know that's not a real fire and brimstone postgame show, but I, I do think there's, there's something legitimately to that. Of course, that all comes back to, more than anything else, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Here's Andy Reid on the duo of dueling quarterbacks from today. Yeah, well, it's two good teams playing, so the, the speed of the game is faster, and uh, the guys are competitive. They know each other, and, I mean, it was a great battle. You, you love these games. You just don't love to be sitting on this end of it, and, uh, but you love the competition and uh, the, you know, the, the way guys get after it. You, you get a chance to see two of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, and, and they put on a you know, display of good football, so. I mean, they, they did. It, it lived up to some of that. Wasn't the high-scoring game of last time through because that's, uh, you know, a bit of an outlier. But uh, I, I think they'll keep giving us some, some highlight reel sort of stuff, those two quarterbacks. Also got some highlights from the previously heard Juju Smith-Schuster. He had his touchdown and a great performance from his uh, first 100-yard game as a Chief today. Uh, Juju's strong, and he, he's getting more familiar with the offense every week. Um, again, that'll help us as, as we go forward. Um, but you, you got to see it, the, the strength and the speed combination, and I was happy for him on that. With the, another uh, returning player being Harrison Butker, he has the new record at Arrowhead, with apologies to Matthew Wright, who held that record for six days. Uh, Butker got it back, but also, of course, missed a kick later on over the upright that certainly would have uh, would have made this game a little more interesting, particularly with some of the late-game math. Here's Andy Reid on Butker's return. Yeah, amazing. He's an amazing kicker. So he, he uh, it was good to have him back out there. We appreciate what the other guys did for us, but you know Harris was one of the best in the National Football League. So, um, you know, it was good to have him back. It was, but also, it, to be honest, a very similar performance last to, to Matthew Wright last week. You hit a historic kick, miss a closer one, and you know leave your team with sort of a a, a toss up there. Good to have Butker back, no question. Um, but but you hope that the uh, the consistency returns as well uh, later in the year. I just I don't want to talk about kickers every week. I just want to talk about one kicker being good. That's that's all I'm looking for. Last thing here from Andy Reid. We heard from Nick Bolton earlier on. He was asked about Bolton and what he brings to this team's defense. Yeah, well, you saw all the tackles that that uh, and the, the leadership part. Um, he's really upped his game there. He's got a full understanding of what Spags is trying to get done defensively. Uh, but the best thing that Nick does is he he tackles and and uh, does it as well as anybody in the National Football League. And uh, you need that at that position. You need that. Um, 
Yeah, I would agree that ideally you'd like your linebackers to be willing to tackle, good at tackling, etc. Um, yes, the, the rest of the things that Bolton does as well. Um, he brings a lot to this defense. Also, this defense needs a little more. I think Willie Gay Jr. being back next week will be huge. Trent McDuffie certainly seems to project to return next week. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like genuinely looking forward to seeing what the Chiefs' defense looks like against the Niners next week, if in fact that does all come together, because I just think this group has a lot of good things ahead of it at more full health. Question is, can they get there, and what will it look like against offenses that continue to test them? Next week against the Niners should be uh, should be pretty interesting. Sticking on the offensive side now, though, with Patrick Mahomes. He spoke to the media just a little bit ago. We'll play that for you right after this. Patrick Mahomes press conference brought to you by Xfinity. Xfinity Internet. Stay connected with Wi-Fi coverage that delivers the speed, reliability, and coverage you need. Can your internet do that? Mahomes here has to start with the uh, the big picture. Asked about what the feeling is after a loss as tough as that one. Yeah, I mean, when you lose a game, especially at home, it's never a good feeling. Um, that's a great football team. I thought we played some good football. We just made too many mistakes at the end of the day. And when you play, when you make mistakes against another great football team, uh, you lose football games. And so. Uh, It'll be good to learn from, but at, right now, I mean, it stinks for sure. One of those mistakes from Mahomes, certainly that late interception. Um, again, it's what ends up icing the game for Buffalo. I would not call it the, the game ender in the sense of uh, what this game had been all throughout. But, of course, uh, that, that last pick had to sting. What was he seeing on that play? Yeah, they, um, they were in like a shell-type defense, obviously. Um, I, I looked originally to the – we had a corner route, and he had dropped back, and – I kind of wanted to reset. I think you, you could see I wanted to reset and throw it to him fast, and, and uh, Milano was in the way. And then by the time I reset and threw it to him again, Seven made a great play and got back in there. So, um, he, I mean, that's a good defense. That's a good player. Um, you're at the end of the game. You're trying to press the issue and trying to get, get some completions because you got to score a touchdown. Um, but uh, he made a good play when it counted. I just think that's a really honest explanation of exactly what happened there. The play-by-play for what the defenders were doing, Milano cutting off his vision and the, the look he wanted to go to first, and then uh, the other guy coming in and making a good play when he was trying to, of course, trying to press. You have a minute left and two timeouts and some ground to cover. You're down four, not three. You got to make a lot of stuff happen. I'm just, I'm not going to lose any sleep over that one. I, I don't think you should either. It's frustrating, and it's rough that they were down four points um, needing to, to make something happen there. This team obviously has the capacity to do it, particularly against the Buffalo Bills. But that's... It's not going to happen every time that way. Mahomes tried to make a play. Buffalo made an even better one. I think sometimes that's a that's a tip your hat type of pick there, even though, of course, it's frustrating in the, in the game ender. Yeah. I Yeah, I agree. Was that on purpose? No. I didn't think so. No, my but finger it, slipped. I didn't think that was on purpose, but it worked so well it that totally you totally could have played it off. Yes, that was totally on purpose. Hey, Beard, is that on purpose? Yeah. And did Patrick Mahomes expect to score on that final drive? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, every time I get the ball, no matter what the situation is, I expect to find a way to win. Um, that's what this whole offense's team expects. Um, and so uh, you get the ball with a minute left and two timeouts. I mean, you're, you're trying to find ways to get chunk plays. And if I can just barely maybe hit McColl on that first one and get that chunk play, then it might be different. So uh, you always, I always expect to win until the, you, there's literally no time. Um, so anytime you lose, uh, it definitely hurts. 
Speaking of Hurts, uh, his team's up by 17. They just took the ball back again. So uh, something like football tonight looking like a little NFC East blowout in progress. I'm gonna make it up for those bad picks that I did on our weekly thing. That's that's how much. What did you put on the uh, Eagles uh, covering? I think just twenty. Good, great, fantastic. I, I, I put sixty on the over. Same with the, for the Chiefs. The yeah. Chiefs bills. Not over. real money. This is our fake money for our weekly picks. Yeah, um, he put six hundred on the Chiefs over in real money. Do you need a place to stay tonight, Beards? I'm not going home. Uh, the offensive line, obviously, a major talking point leading up to this game. Von Miller and company, the interior of that defensive uh, line for the Bills has been pretty good for a while, particularly this year. They've they've made some real impacts. What did Mahomes think about the O-line play against that Bills defense? No, I thought they did a good job of just kind of getting – there were some that Von obviously made plays. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer for a reason, so he's going to make plays here and there. Um, but then there were some that they, they played good coverage and were in the right spots at the right time. So uh, – it's about me finding a way to get the ball in my hands, finding outlet throws and stuff like that. Um, but I think for the, for the most part, I thought the offense line did a good job. It was just a, a couple plays. And, I mean, they have a good defense, and they're going to make some plays throughout the game. I, and, look, man, it, yeah, I hope anyone listening to this show knows that I'll tell you when I think Patrick Mahomes is just, you know, farting out quarterback coach speak. I think that's reasonable. He could be harsher if he wanted to. But I think it's reasonable to say, yeah, that's a really good defensive line, and also that secondary was holding on to our dudes pretty good. So stuff kind of happens when you play teams as good as you are, and we haven't played a lot of teams in that category for a while. I know it's not very satisfying, but I think it's understandable. Um, Here Mahomes is asked if he wanted to win this game against the Bills more than others. Um, I mean, I think you just want to win. just because you're a competitor and you know that you're playing the best of the best and uh, you feel like you're the best of the best. So you want to win those games. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just a game. I think that's what you got to have to reiterate to guys in the locker room. It's one game in the regular season um, that that you wanted to win. You feel like you could win and you didn't. So how are you going to respond? Because we, we play a great team next week. Um, I mean, yeah, it, I, I, like it's a more important win or loss than others because of the standings, but – I don't, yeah, anyway. Um, after that, Mahomes was asked specifically about making that question about Josh Allen. Is, is there a little extra juice there? Does he want to win against Josh Allen more than others? No, no I mean, not necessarily. I mean, I want to I want to win against the best, um, and he's, he, he's put himself up there. So uh, definitely you want to win against the best and play against the best football teams. Um, but uh, when you lose, at least you're losing to the best. So, so you have two great quarterbacks, two great teams. You have two great coaches going at it. Um, that's what you want, and um, we lost this time, um, but hopefully we can battle back and have another chance when we get to the playoffs. Yeah, I think that right there is uh, an incredibly reasonable evolution of what we saw here tonight. Um, let's go to the pass catchers, though. I think these next couple of clips could be pretty interesting. First, Mahomes on the Juju Smith-Schuster performance today. So he gets his first touchdown and first 100-yard hundred yard game as a uh, member of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, he made a couple of great plays. I mean, he's battled to, to kind of continue to evolve in this offense and learn more and more. Um, but, I, I mean, I've kind of said it. I think he's going to be a big part of this offense because the way he's able to catch the ball and run tough um, through traffic. So um, he had a great game today. I'm sure he'll keep getting more and more involved. And like I've, I mean, I've said all year, it's going to be a different guy every game, and it's been that way this season. 
It has, but I also do think that it will continue to be Juju on a pretty steady clip. Um, it very easily could have been much more of a Marquez Valdez Scantling game, uh, but that attempt to him in the end zone was obviously picked off. Here's what Mahomes had to say about the interception in the end zone that he was targeting MVS on. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I, I put it, I was trying to put it in that one spot that the receiver could get it, and no one else could get it, um, in the kind of that high point in the back corner of the end zone, and we got our hands on it. Um, but they made a they made a great play, and that's like I said, we can't make those mistakes because. If you look at it, I mean, that's three points, and then at the end of the game, we're going for a field goal instead of a touchdown. So uh, I, I always believe in my guys and try to make those throws and give them a chance, um, but their guy made a play uh, in, a, in a big po- point in the game. I was listening for this because I, I saw one of the somebody kind of summarize the clip on Twitter. I don't think that's Mahomes, like, throwing MVS under the bus or anything. Don't, you know, we don't have to get crazy with it. But there was a lot of we, you know, in there, and putting the ball where only he can make a play on it and their guy made a great play. That's all true. Mahomes does not sound bent up about that decision to throw that football. I don't blame him. It's a risky throw, but um, I don't know, man. If you watch a lot of Patrick Mahomes, I think he can regret the execution of it and think, ah, that idea was was still kind of there. Even even as, yes, you, you are throwing it to the filling of an Oreo there. Like, you are legitimately, I mean, he was sandwiched. I ate some Oreos yesterday, could you tell? He, I've been thinking about Oreos. We talked about chocolate chip cookies earlier, and I'm thinking about Oreos. Man, Oreos are great. MVS was, uh, Renee makes little Oreo balls of, like, crushed up Oreo stuff. and then I could do the rest of the show on this. He was an Oreo of, uh, of defender, uh, receiver, defender. That's a very tough play to make. But MVS is also the, like, body type of physical wide receiver with the height to make that play happen. And if it happens, we would have all been going, Oh, what a throw by Mahomes! If MVS climbs the ladder and Mahomes puts it where only his guy could get it. That's the MVP right there, Jim! That's just how that... Fingernails. Fingernails change games and narratives and awards and champions. It's what makes this game so tremendous and also so frustrating. A lot of guys have been talking about seeing the Bills once again. Does Patrick Mahomes see a playoff rematch on the horizon? I mean, you can definitely you can definitely see it because you know they're going to be a team that's in the playoffs or competing for the playoffs, obviously. Um, but you can't look ahead, and I think that's the biggest thing to me. And I think I learned that last year in the AFC Championship game is sometimes if you if you start looking ahead, that's when you get kind of you kind of get beat and. We, we don't want to look ahead. We have a great football team we're playing, and we're going to the bye, and then we, we're going to have a schedule of a lot of division opponents coming up. Um, so we want to make sure we focus on this next week. How can we get better um, to go out there and execute and try to find a way to win uh, against a great football team at, at, their, at their home? Uh, and then we'll, we'll see about the Niners when we get there. Again, the Chiefs are two-and-a-half-point favorites. also means that money line number is not crazy, which is crazy to me. I'm just saying that I bet that line moves over the course of the week. But what does Vegas know? The odds makers know what they're doing. They're, they're getting paid out there. These, these casinos don't get built for no reason. So I'm I'm curious about the logic of those lines, but I'm I'm looking forward to the Chiefs um, having a bounce back next week. This is my overconfident game of this stretch. And uh, if I curse the Chiefs, then then so be it. Last thing here from Patrick Mahomes, specifically about Von Miller. He's made his impact felt as a Buffalo Bill already this season. He was asked about how they added Miller and what that brought to the team. I mean, he's, just, he's a great player. So anytime you add a great player like that, a Hall of Fame player, um, you have to account for him on every single play. So uh, 
I thought our offensive line did a pretty good job for the most part. They had the one at the end of the game where I held the ball too long and he sacked me, but he had the one spin move. I mean, that's like the patented Von Miller spin that he's going to bring out at least once or twice a game that he's kind of mastered that, I mean, it happens. But at the end of the day, how, how do we respond? I thought the guys responded well. I think the logic for that holds also where he got a couple of his wins, but he wasn't there every single drop back and uh, even moved over to the right side of the offense to, to deal with Andrew Wiley instead of Orlando Brown. It wasn't a game-ending performance from Von Miller, but he certainly made his uh, made his presence felt. You're listening to the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. I am Joshua Briscoe, and it's all brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. On the other side of this quick timeout, we'll have our friend Matt Derrick of Chiefs digest to tell us what went wrong what went right and what happens next for the chiefs and also for the bills on the other side of the break here on the sports radio 810 whb postgame show first and ten Holmes intercepted and that's taron johnson with the theft the theft of that interception, the theft of one more opportunity for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to do something incredible late in a game against the Buffalo Bills. That's our play of the game, brought to you by Central Bank. For more, visit centralbank.net. I don't know if Matt Derrick has a big overarching takeaway, a big 30,000-foot view, the big view from the mountaintop down onto the ground level where all of us are just ants just trotting along our day-to-day lives. But Matt, that's sort of my uh, my realization as this post-game show was beginning uh, what feels like nine or ten hours ago when we were, I was sitting here kind of intro playing, loss has finished, the clock has rolled to zero, And I don't know that I definitively feel any differently about the Kansas City Chiefs, despite the fact that they lost this game. I think that they probably won't host the AFC Championship game this year. But beyond that, I'm not sure what else I learned tonight. I am not sure that there is a a big reason why to change the narrative on this team either. Um, If you felt like this was one of the two best teams in the AFC coming into this game, you should still feel that way. Um, if you feel like it's a team that has some flaws, you probably can still feel that way. Uh, I, I mean, this was, it was certainly wasn't what happened between these two teams last October yeah. when Buffalo just came in and, and pants the Chiefs. Um, this was a much more evenly matched battle, and it makes me eager to, to see it again, and I think we're going to. Uh, Matt Derrick, ChiefsDigest.com, obviously, on Twitter, at Matt Derrick. But again, check check out ChiefsDigest.com for all sorts of Chiefs coverage all year long. Pick a a place to begin for me, then, if you say, hey, look, okay, fair enough. I don't know that this should uh, change a narrative, but... But was a weakness um, emphasized in any in any space today? Is there anything where you look around and say, like, okay, you know what, I'm going to watch this a little closer next week against the Niners, a few weeks down the road, maybe even in January if these two teams match up again? Well, I mean, the one thing that I, I think that was the deciding factor in this game, aside from, you know, if you want to point to a couple of plays, but just as a, a theme, uh, something to watch, it's the youth on this team and the, mm. you know, and, and maybe even the chemistry to a degree. Although I think I'd still probably just put it on, you know, the younger players. I mean, and that's not to say that the Chiefs lost this game because they were playing a lot of rookies. I don't think that's the case. But, you know, Andy Reid was quick to point out and say, hey, you know what? They had a lot of young players playing in this game. 
Um, you know, and they got some valuable experience. And I mean, I think that this this group is going to be better off down the road. Let's face it; they, these two teams meet again in January. One of two things will be true. I mean, one, the Chiefs will have, and maybe both these things will be true. One, the Chiefs will have back guys like Trent McDuffie and Brian Cook, Willie Gay, people that they count on that are starters. They'll be in that lineup and ready to help them out. But two younger guys and rookies like Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams will have gotten more valuable experience and should be better players in January than they are right now. I agree with that 100%. I think that is exactly where you can begin if you're, again, going to kind of skip ahead to the potential rematch of these teams or or just what this team looks like in crunch time. Um, so I, I love that as a beginning point. What went most wrong tonight? Is there one spot where you'd say, boy, if this, it, but if this would have been a spot where there was someone else in that position where the call was different, the throw was different, the catch was made, is there a turning point that sticks to you? You go, oh, man, boy, if they could just have that one back. I mean, I, I guess the two easy ones for me would be just point to the turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as Andy Reid says, I mean, you know, you, you trust Mahomes in those situations, trying to make a play and trying to force something, because usually when he does it, it works. And there were two plays today where it did decisively did not work. Uh, maybe you could say that there were three times, and one of them it did, because that touchdown to McCole Hardman, there was nothing there. Yep. I mean, I was watching the play as it was unfolding and, and watching Mahomes in the pocket, and I'm just like, I said out loud, there's nothing open. And then all of a sudden, there's the ball going to McCole Hartman. Yeah. And, 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 and I didn't, it, was, it was so fast that I didn't have time to say anything. I just remember <laughs> thinking in my mind, well, that's an incompletion. And somehow got the ball in there. I mean, that just shows you. And the, the, the unfortunate thing is that on the first turnover, I thought that if Mahomes had taken a shot into the end zone about a half second earlier, mm. I think he had a touchdown. Mm. And he just, you know, looked like he, he kind of pump faked everything. And if he, I think if he just let the ball go a little bit earlier, I think he had a guy open. But after he pump faked, then there was nobody open. And then he just kind of tossed it up there. Um, that maybe it's just one of those examples that if Mahomes trusts his instincts and, and flings it, maybe it works. Um, the second turnover at the end, I, I thought was a little bit out of character, but I could also point to, once again, maybe the youth. You know, if there, if if Sky Moore has a little more experience, maybe he's coming back on that ball a little bit earlier. Um, maybe he fights through it, is able to break up that pass. You know, maybe that play unfolds differently a few months from now than it did tonight. Yeah. Um, what about the protection of Patrick Mahomes? You you got to watch the uh, the bird's eye view in in real time, and um, I I want to make sure that some things that I've talked about tonight you you have one chance to overrule me. Um, but whenever you look at the protection of the offensive line tonight versus even just last week against the Raiders, where Max Crosby ended up obviously playing a huge role, um, but specifically on the edges. Let's start with Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley. Um, I, I won't I won't uh, taint the jury pool with my take first, but did you see anything from either of them that really stood out? Uh, maybe maybe different from last week or different from what we've seen from them in the past. I mean, I I thought that both of them did better than they had done in the past. Now maybe I'll feel differently after watching the coaches' film and, and seeing everything, but I, I thought both of them held up better. I mean, especially in the first half. Um, I, there, hey, there were some rough moments in the second half, but and I'll say this just like you know when Wiley had a play against Max Crosby that was kind of the same way. Yeah. Von Miller's going to put a spin move on you. It doesn't matter who's there. I mean, Mitch Schwartz will tell you that it doesn't matter who's there. 
if he puts a spin move on you, you're probably going to give up a fat. Um, so to me, that that wasn't that's not a thing to be unexpected. I mean, Von Miller is going to beat you on occasion. But I thought there was a lot better protection on the edges. It was the inside where I think that the, the Bills are, frankly, a lot stronger. I mean, they've got a good edge rusher, too, and a couple of them. But I think they're much stronger on the inside. And that kind of showed up because you could definitely see that Mahomes was getting a lot of pressure in the middle that he doesn't usually get because he's got three really good guys in the middle there. Um, but And maybe, hey, Tooney, I'm sure, was not 100% after he kind of got rolled up by Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that, that was a little bit of it. But I thought even before that, you know, the Bills were really attacking them on the inside and having some success. So I, I thought it was, hey, baby steps forward on the outside, um, maybe a step back on the inside. But that's a tribute to the fact that I think this was the, one of the tougher interior matchups that the Chiefs offensive line is going to have. Boy, I always I was holding my breath that whole time. I just exhaled because we actually agreed, so it was okay. I was afraid otherwise I'd have to um, cut you out of my life entirely, actually, if we disagreed on the Chiefs' offensive line play. Um, it also seemed like, I don't know for sure if this was if this was consistent throughout the entirety of the of the second half or later in the game or whatever, but uh, I, I didn't see Von Miller voluntarily spending a lot of time on Orlando Brown's side, especially after Orlando Brown did a pretty nice job handling him early on. Is that fair? Yeah, I do think that's fair. I mean, then. You know, Vaughn likes to, likes to move around and pick his own matchup, so maybe he definitely saw that, you know, that was the one side that he favored a little bit. And I, but, yeah, I, I think that was definitely definitely true, at least from what I saw. So, with that being said, and I've, I, look, I am confirming my priors because last week I said, hey, I wonder if we've, I wonder if we've maybe turned the corner on uh, hate going a little too far on the Orlando Brown front. It's always funny whenever it's a year after a guy is trying to get a lot of money or does get a lot of money. It changes how we talk about them. Um, Andrew Wiley is the inverse of that, I think, where maybe people have been looking for a replacement for a while, and the Chiefs said, no, we think he's going to do just fine over there. But with the interior... I find that conversation maybe even more interesting in its own way because you're right. So Tooney gets rolled up on. Trey Smith doesn't play last week. He's basically been hurt with one thing or another all year long. I, I don't know what percentage he is. I know it's not three digits, though. I know it is. It is hopefully it's beginning with a seven or an eight. I do not think he is 90% or anything better um, just based off of the nature of those injuries. I don't know. Creed Humphrey has still been pretty good from, from what I've seen, but this is the thing where maybe, I don't know, man, maybe we just lose the ability to, to build on on the narratives of this game because I don't think anybody listening right now thinks that Nick Allegretti or Prince Tega Wanogho is the answer. They don't, I don't, I certainly don't need them to go um, trade for a guard or anything like that. So is there, is there anything you would add to the general offensive line conversation and just how you even think the Chiefs feel about their front five? And much less if there's anything they could do to improve that situation, or is that improvement just not playing the Bills? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, hey, they're gonna they're gonna face this week in a week out, just because you know, one, the, the Chiefs have a schedule based on being in the AFC West and then just kind of the luck of the draw that they're gonna be up against some of the best pass rushers in the league. It just seems like week in and week out. Yeah, I mean, they just don't have a lot of you know gimmies, and that's just you know somewhat bad luck, I think, but it's also because teams that are on the Chiefs' schedule regularly, which would be, you know, teams that are playoff teams in the AFC and teams in the AFC West, know that you if you can't get pressure on Mahomes with four players, you have zero chance against the Chiefs. Right. So, you know, they're all going to be bulking up to pass rushes, you know, so that's, that's just kind of something that they're going to have to face. But, I mean, I look at, hey, there's another positive to it, which is that 
you know, look at where the Chiefs are as far as the salary cap goes. And you could certainly say, hey, they're, they're in that spot because of maybe this or that, and maybe there's some questions as far as cap management that you would have an issue with. But bottom line is that, you know, when you're paying your quarterback what you're paying him, and then you've got some other superstars like Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones you got to have around, the result is that sometimes you're going to have a, a right tackle that makes $2.7 million. That's right. And I'll tell you what, I mean, as far as, you know, productivity per dollar, Andrew Wiley might be one of the better right tackles in the league as far as the bargain goes. So I get it, you know, that maybe he, he's, he's not the guy that maybe Chiefs fans want to have on the right side, but he might be the right guy at the right time at the, because I think that he's just one of the better bargains in the league on the offensive line. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I just uh, we've 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 had a lot of conversations around the the O line today. Some from some from more patient callers, some from less patient, less willing to give uh, you know little Andrew Wiley the benefit of the doubt. But I I think that's um, w- worthwhile commentary there. I'm I'm with you on all of that. So let's flip trenches because you talk about getting pressure with four, and uh, look, d- live by the bit, the blitz, die by the blitz, etc. I I don't really have a um. I certainly don't have a Steve Spagnuolo schematic issue with how things were handled today. The Bills put up 24 points. I would have taken that 100 times out of 100 from from this defense, even if it was a little good luck on that first drive. They've had some bad injury luck, etc. I don't I don't have a schematic thing. I am very curious about what you think about this pass rush, though, because it's not just Mahomes, obviously, right? It was also Tom Brady, and I'm guessing in the future it will also be Josh Allen in terms of getting pressure with four being if not your only bet, maybe your maybe your uh, your best bet. And I just didn't see much of that today, Matt. I don't know. Uh, I I've been off the Frank Clark bandwagon for a while. Fool me forty three times, shame, shame on me. Although I'm on the bandwagon for his press conferences, I do enjoy those. But I'm not waiting for him to to you know travel back in time five years. George Karloftis is a rookie. I, I am not holding my breath on him. I I think he'll get there, but I I don't know when. Is there is there something that we're missing here? Are the Chiefs happy with the production they've gotten from their front four? Uh, is that something that is an issue for you, or is that an outlier from tonight? No, it, it is an issue. I mean, especially since you know we do know and can see that Chris Jones is getting a fair amount of attention, and your guys on the outside should be seeing a lot of one-on-one matchups, and yeah. they're just not winning them. Yeah. Um, there's there's two things that are true that I think are problematic. Um, one is that I I think that last year was probably a bad time to have the experiment because Chris Jones was hurt all of last year. Mm-hmm. But after today, I am willing to make the proclamation that the Chiefs' best defensive end is Chris Jones. Yeah, and I'm not moving him. I'm I'm keeping him where he is yeah. because he's just too destructive on the inside and and yeah you're going to play him on the edge when you've got some third down passing situations and you're just putting a bunch of pass rushers out there and then you give just chris jones the best matchup but he's your best pass rusher there's no doubt about it and i think the the second problem is that you know frank clark has been struggling he's still not quite giving you the production that you want for the for the money but you know what frank clark is also your second best pass rusher and that's been a problem. I mean, when you your team didn't even hit, I mean, they hit Josh Allen outside the pocket when he was running downfield, and they got some pretty good pops on him. But then he didn't even have, a, I don't think, a pressure or a hit on Allen until midway through the second quarter. That was just, he had a ton of time. And last week, Derek Carr had a ton of time to throw. 
this is the problem. I mean, and the fact that, the, yeah, the Chiefs have great success when they're blitzing because nobody dials up blitzes. And I hate myself for saying dialing up blitzes because it's such a terrible, terrible cliche. <laughs> but nobody does a better job than Spagnolo. So, you know, he, he, he's very creative and one of the best in the league when it comes to that. So that's great. But the fact that you have to blitz all the time to get pressure is a problem. Yeah. That one makes me sad. It's sort of a sad one to end on because I don't know if there's a solution coming beside a, a fountain of youth for Frank Clark and Carlos Dunlap or a fountain of experience for George Karloftis. Um, we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. But, Matt, I appreciate your time per usual. Um, congratulations on another successful Fat Bear Week campaign, and uh, we'll talk to you on The Zone on Friday. It sounds like a plan. And, if you, hey, if I had to give you any optimism, I mean, Juju Smith is usually starting to look like a 1,000-yard receiver. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And uh, 747 looks like they're about to start a new Bear Dynasty. 747 is is definitely. And my condolences go out to, to 420. She, she had a rough week. So Bear 420, we're with you. Matt Derrick is with 420. You heard it here first, folks. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Josh. We're just not going to have a better end to a segment than that one, are we? I haven't seen your hand hit the mark button yet, and if I don't hear that one on Friday, I'm going to cry in my chair. You'll see tears leave my eyes. Matt Derrick, Matt Derrick wanted to give Making his... Making sure I'm definitely not cutting that one, then. <laughs> Matt Derrick wanted to make sure that those 420 supporters out there knew that he stood with them. Matt Derrick, man of the people, man of the bears. We'll take a break here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. On the other side, we will hear from the Buffalo Bills, at least a little bit. I want to hear from Sean McDermott and then uh, Josh Allen, Von Miller. We'll take our pick on the other side. The whole show, though, of course, brought to you by CBD American Shaman. When Kansas City scores, you score big at your local CBD American Shaman. Our team's score is your percent off. They scored 20 points, so you get 20% off all day tomorrow on orders of $100 or more. CBD American Shaman. Because life is better with the feather. This is from 62. Into a pretty good win. Right into it. Butker drills it. Is it long enough? It is! From 62 yards. Is it important to have him back? Sure was a new Arrowhead Stadium record. Longest field goal ever made for six days. That was a fun stat about Matthew Wright. Today, it's a more reasonable, understandable stat about Harrison Butker. There is some giddy up in his step there, which reminds me about my friends at Greengrass Cattle Company. Yeah, that was a shameless segue. Beards just had his head drop to the board in front of him. I have never seen Beards that ashamed of one of my segues before. You should be ashamed. But you know who shouldn't be ashamed? The wonderful people at Greengrass Cattle Company and the wonderful people who support Greengrass Cattle Company. Beards, we went out there. We were there together. We did. We were touching cows, feeding food. Did you ever make hand-to-cow contact? I don't think so. Did you? What, what was the extent of your cow interaction in the day? What uh, was the closest you were to a cow? I, Did you feed a cow? I spread some of the feed on the ground. You don't seem like a cow toucher. But you're a cowboy boot guy. That is true. Next time, we're going back. We're going to get you in your boots. You're going to touch a cow. 
I had a wonderful time out there at the ranch. It was awesome to get to see um, how much love and care and work and expertise and quality that they put into the lives of their their cows that are out there, um, you know, of, of uh, all their different regions. We got to go and look and learn how to yell at the cows to tell them it was time for food. So they would come, you know, galloping in from over a hill that apparently contained even more cows. Uh, it's just it's. It is a really, really cool spot. Felt very lucky being able to go enjoy all of the uh, the cool stuff out there at Green Grass Cattle Co. And then also, um, we've had a chance to sample some of their delicious beef products. And oh my, Beards! I don't know that he, uh, I don't know that he's cut out to be a cowboy. You know, a rancher. Neither am I. We are cut out though to enjoy some of the absolute best quality beef you're going to find anywhere in the world, and it's raised right here in Weston, Missouri. Uh, 45 Highway is where their uh, their store is at there at Greengrass Cattle Co., less than a mile from the ranch. Go order online as well at greengrasscattleco.com. They'll deliver right to, their, right to your door. Uh, they implement the best practices of their premium black Angus cattle, pr- providing the best feed, clean water, and a low-stress environment to make sure you have the best-tasting beef in town. Again, I just was incredibly impressed wire to wire, everything they do out there. Of all the beef grown in the U.S., only 2 to 5% grades as Prime and Greengrass Cattle Company is offering Prime beef. They do great work and uh, also had a great experience out there getting to hang out on the ranch. Enjoy uh, your Greengrass Cattle Co. again at the store in Weston or online at greengrasscattleco.com. With that being said, you know, they say nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. You ever hear that one before? Beards? It's that only Chris Bermanism? Only all the time. Yeah, we'll circle ours around Buffalo here. You know, you know, it's better than a than a, what is a bill even? They have a buffalo on their helmet. It's a bison, I think. I know I mean on the helmet it's a bison. It's a it's a buffalo. It's a it's a buffalo. They're just that on the side of their helmet just should be Bill Belichick. It should just be a, a caricature of Bill Belichick. Specifically after he owned them for as long as he did. Now look at how they turn tables. They should have been called the Buffalo Buffaloes. They're cowards for not naming their team that. Ah, so this is from Cora. Uh, Where did the Buffalo Bills football team get their name? Buffalo's team, uh, in the 1947, a contest was held to rename the team um, when it was the Bisons. And the winning entries suggest the Bills, reflecting the famous Western Frontiersman, Buffalo Bill Cody. Is that right? That's what Cora says, so it's got to be real. You can't lie on the internet, so that's that's got to be it. So it's even doubly sure. They're named after Buffalo Bill Cody? Hence the Buffalo. Should change their name to the Buffalo Wings. Keep the exact same uniform, but just splotch some like just some orange wing sauce all over it, like a like a tie dye gradient. They should also have their logo be changed to a table that has been broken and set on fire, with a little pile of wing bones scattered around it. It's a very intricate logo. I can go for some wings right now. If only there was a place where not only we get some wings, maybe some. 29-degree man-sized drafts. Oh, I have an idea. The Chiefs Locker Room Report is brought to you by Twin Peaks. No one does football like Twin Peaks. 
Whatever your preference, they have everything from tequila cocktails and an extensive bourbon category to top shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls. Local craft beers and handcrafted whiskey cocktails round out an adventurous drink menu, second to none. And don't forget about their 29 degree man sized drafts at Twin Peaks. That's right. We're going to locker room report time here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. Josh Allen spoke to the media immediately following the game. How's it going, everybody? See Vaughn right there. You know, obviously a lot of kind of he's the closer that this team needed in the offseason. The plays that he was making on the defensive side of the ball, which was that kind of watching? I mean, play speaks for itself. You know, I'm sitting on the sidelines, third down, it's like, come on, Vaughn. Come on, Vaughn. And, you know, sure enough, he goes out there and makes makes a bunch of plays. And, um, man, I'm proud of our team, how we battled tonight. Obviously, didn't start off how we wanted to. Guys just kept their head down, uh, didn't didn't panic, didn't blink, is, is what we like to say in our locker room. Uh, trusted the game plan, um, trusted situational football, you know, and got a W tonight. That's, that's That was our only goal to come in here. And um, if, it's, if it's by one, it's by 100. Um, it's, it's another win. And, um, that's what we're trying to do each and every week. Did any part of your brain think that Mahomes had a minute and four seconds there at the end? I mean, anytime you're, you're going against a quarterback like that who, you know, you can make an argue he's got the best start to any quarterback to ever play this game in, in the history of the league. You know, he's a special player. So anytime he's got the ball in the hands, you never know what can happen. Um, but, again, credit to our defense for stepping up and making his plays. Josh, I know that, Yeah, just trusting him. Um, you know, just trying to move him around, get him in different spots. They were they were doing a good job on defense of switching up their calls. Uh, and, you know, making it look like split safety zone. Um, you know, going to post high, showing some man. Um, you know, they, they kind of they switched it up on us quite a bit. They brought some some good pressures tonight. They got home a couple times, so um, stuff to clean up for sure. But you know. Uh, when you get into that point of a game, you got to trust the guys that you know that you rock with, and uh, he he is who he is for a reason. You know, so he, he works his tail off and does all the right things. Um, we love him for that. And again, it, it it took 11 guys on that field, though. Uh, you know, given each phase, I think our special teams did a great job too. Um, you know, pinning them down and making some plays. So it was a it was a great team win. At what point did you know you were going to do the hurdle again? <laughs> I mean, it's split second. It's it really is. Um, Again, just trying to just trying to make a, t- a play for our team, you know, given the situation there. Um, yeah. Like it has to, right? I think I think it used to. I think you know I I, I tried to stay as, as even keel throughout this game, really in any game I played in my career. Just try to try to be steady, um, not not get too high, not get too low. Uh, just trust what was being called and just try to go and execute. And um, and that was that was what was called right there was a quarterback run and. Just trying to make a play. Josh, you talk about not getting off to a good start. You had that play in the end zone, third down, you hit Gabe, and that eventually was a touchdown. Was that a big play for you? Oh, uh, which one here? The, oh, the second quarter. You, you, right before the half? Right or before the half. The touchdown? Yeah. No, the, the pass, you were in the end zone. Oh, on our end zone. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, Dorsey, Dorsey has a lot of faith in our guys to go out there and, and do the right things. Um, you know, we protected it well. You know, moved off my spot a little bit and – Gabe did a great job of getting to the sticks and, and making a play. Um, you know, it's not fun being back down uh, into your, your own end zone, you know, the one or two yard line. But um, last couple of weeks, we've had some success. So again, just trusting our guys. And Dorsey's been doing a good job of um, calling it, trusting it, trusting us, and, and you know, 
moving, uh, living with it. It was today, not a playoff game, obviously, but was there a sense of redemption you got back to that line? Beating this team in this place where it ended so badly last year? No, not not for me. I think some guys may, may think differently. Uh, I can't tell you. Um, nothing that we did last year translates to what we did are going to do this year. You know, everything that happened in the past is, is where it is. So um, all we can do is focus on the next one, and today was the next one, um, you know, going into our bye week. And uh, I don't know who we play in two weeks, but, you know, uh, enjoy this one and turn our attention towards them. Josh, looking ahead, then, I mean, the week-by-week preparation, the, the results on the field speak to the success you've had as a team with that. But, you know, did you have a greater sense of what this could mean in terms of home field advantage and implications? You talked about learning from last year and the importance of home playoff games. Does that resonate with you? I mean, yes and no. Um, you know, we're just trying to be playoff caliber. This is standard that Coach McDermott sets. Every every game is big in the NFL. You know, it doesn't matter if you're playing a team that's four and one or one and four. You know, any given Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, um, any team can win when you're on the field. These guys are, you know, we're, we're professional football players for a reason. Everybody's good. Um, so yeah, it's 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 the next one. And again, we got to turn our, our attention towards the next week. When dealing with the crowd noise, though, is that a little bit of a refresher? maybe the importance of playing a home playoff game just because you got to deal with that when you're on the road. Yeah, it definitely puts a little uh, a little more pressure on you. And, again, this is a, a fun place to play because they, they get so animated and it's very loud on the field. But at the end of the day, it's loud for the defense too. Um, so you can spin it both ways. But um, you know, as long as we, we trust each other, giving the certain call, um, communicating well within the offensive line and the tight ends, um, it's hard for, for those guys to make checks and, and hear things too. So, um yeah, it is what it is. got got to find a way to win. Well, sitting as an hour conference makes the bye week a little bit easier to enjoy? Definitely. Yeah. No, it'll, guys, uh, you know, you got to be, gotta be smart, got to be safe. Um, obviously, the team above everything else. But get away from it for, for a week and, and try to clear your mind. Um, I think it's necessary in this game. You know, it's a, it's a long season. So to, to be able to get away from it and do something else, do, do some hobbies, whether it's golf or Golf, so uh, fish, yeah. Josh, how big was Devin Singletary? Yeah, he just he does what he's asked um, day in and day out. Again, I, I I gush over talking about Devin because he just does everything the right way, whether he's got the ball in his hands or not. Um, the ultimate the ultimate teammate, literally. Yeah, every time someone's in the end zone, he's probably the first one there to greet him. Um, he's picking guys up off the ground. Um, he's carrying out fakes. He's running his his tail off. Um, Again, I can't say enough about the guy and how much, you know, I, I appreciate him and love him uh, as a player and as a person. Hey, guys. There you go. Bills quarterback Josh Allen. Be nice if he was a big jerk or something. Well, you know, got to buy a big. Don't know who we play after that, but, you know, probably go home and, you know, play some golf. As or... he's leaving the field, he just flips off a kid. I wish, I wish he'd shove a photographer. Josh Allen, you, uh, hey, up up the levels. Last week, Devontae Adams almost killed a guy. This time, you got to do it. Unfortunately, I, Josh Allen, I'm going to need you to at least, I don't know. Just, he drives a golf cart over somebody as he's leaving the field. I was going to say drive a golf cart over Casey Wolf. Because I think with the extra padding, sort of a professional stunt wolf, I feel like Casey Wolf would survive, but it would be like an international incident. Josh Allen should have had to fight. KC Wolf on the way off the field today. Or Devontae Adams. Bring him back. Make him get run over on the way off the field one time, just so it's even. While Josh Allen flips off a kid. 
Like uh, Eli Manning did, or I guess the inverse of that Eli. Did you ever see that Eli- last year during the Manning cast? Yeah, I saw that. Where Eli uh, ended up flipping the double, bur- double bird on ESPN2 for a decent period of time because he was telling a story of being double flipped off by a kid in Philadelphia. Parents, I know that uh, I know that it's important, you know, that there's no taunting in the NFL because we don't want to we don't want to corrupt your children. But if you're the parent of a child who would be willing to flip off Josh Allen next time, maybe encourage your little one, you know, to flip the double bird towards the giant alien playing quarterback for the the, the Bills. Sports Radio 810 does not sponsor or does not endorse Josh Briscoe's comments here. I mean, just go ahead and make that a hot key for yourself. Say it better next time, though. Yeah, ideally. Ideally, nail the dismount, but legal ramifications, you should still be good. Look, man, if you could get in trouble for giving bad parenting advice as a non-parent on the radio, it would be bad for me. You're from the quarterback. Got to hear from the coach as well. Then we'll hand you over to the NFC East uh, matchup going on right now in Philadelphia. Uh, the Eagles are up pretty big right now. If you want to hop in on it a few minutes early, it's over on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM. And hey, if you do, add those stations to your presets. Got some good stuff going on over there on ESPN Kansas City, our sister station here at Union Broadcasting. But in the meantime, we will hear from Sean McDermott. Uh, he is the opposing coach. And every week, the opposing head coach press conference is brought to you by Metcalf Carstar. Brought to you by Metcalf Carstar. If your vehicle gets sacked on the road, take it to Metcalf Carstar, the collision repair experts. They make it convenient and easy to get back on the road. Go to carstar.com and search Metcalf Carstar. Carstar. Relax. They'll take it from here. Sean McDermott has been able to stand toe-to-toe with Andy Reid over these last couple of years since both of them got their own absolute superheroes at quarterback. Here is the Bills head coach following the 24-20 victory for Buffalo. All right. Uh, good to get a win. Hard to win in the NFL. Uh, you know, a good, good Chiefs team, well coached. So it was very competitive out there, both sides. Uh, we made some plays, they made some plays. Um, you know, I thought we fought through some adversity with some injuries, some untimely penalty penalties. Um, but the guys were resilient the whole game and, and uh, came through in the end when we needed it most. So some big time, big time plays there. So uh, I'll turn it over to you. I know you have a lot to face, but. How important was Von Miller? Yeah, I mean, you could feel him, uh, whether whether or not he was uh, actually sacking Mahomes. He was he was affecting him, um, and then he did get him a couple times, I believe. Um, so just you could feel him out there the whole, the entire game. So he, he was phenomenal. Sean, kind of follow that. I mean, looking at the changes you made through the course of the off season, you know, acknowledging the way last season ended. Uh, whether it's Vaughn, you could point to Jordan Phillips, and you could probably suggest a few others yeah. who contributed to have the defense, you know, make the plays they did at the end of that game. Does that speak to maybe the offseason moves you made? Understanding it's just week six, yeah. but do you see a measured difference in that? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you you try and identify what you need to improve your team, and and uh, and Brandon does a great job with that, and his staff the same way, and 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 then acquiring those players to help you. Um, you know that can that can factor in these games in the way that they factored. Um, you know, so it was good to see, and and uh, it's not easy. I mean, coming here number one against this team, uh, we've had our battles, and uh, I was real proud of the guys and the way they the way they uh, executed in the final moments of the game there. Taryn especially, I mean, it's not the first time he's made plays like that. Um, just 
your initial reaction when Josh jumps up, he throws his hat off, he's ready to run on the field? Like, what were you kind of doing? When Taryn made the play? Yeah. Just saying glory to God, man. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly, I mean, that's, that's where all, first of all, all glory belongs is to God. Um, and we've got a re, you know, resilient group of guys, resilient men and women in that locker room that have worked extremely hard on the offseason, this year, this week. Uh, now we get a chance to enjoy the bye on a win, um, which I know my family will appreciate me being around uh, after a win as opposed to the other way. So. That a, that's, an, that's an instinctive play, though, Coach, right? Because he peels off his coverage assignment. Yeah. He reads the quarterback. I mean, that's, that's something that you needed as an instinct as a player. Yeah, I mean, you got to trust your instincts. And we talked, we talked about it a little bit before the game. And um, these guys prepare all week. Um, they work hard, and then that's when you got to let it let it flow and, and trust your gut, trust your instincts. Sean, you've had to play a lot of guys this year. What have you learned about your team's depth over the six years? Yeah, just like I said earlier, I mean, you know, we've we've got depth, and now because of the those players playing a lot, especially a lot of young players early. I mean, I, really, this is the first game other than the first week where we were uh, more healthy than uh, than we've been. And so, but I th- it was good to, we had some guys get hurt during the game. We'll see where it goes, but um, good to have our defensive front, I think, stay healthy, um, which is good to see. What do you want, Steph? You want, is my Go time down. up? My time's up. <laughs> Everyone will be off and you'll be there all week with me. <laughs> Coach, I don't, I don't have to tell you the job's not done yet, but how much easier is Dubai going to be sitting atop the conference here after six years? Yeah, we've got a long we got a long way to go, Chris. Um, uh, but it is nice to get a win, um, any win going into the bye. It's hard it's hard to sit two weeks on a bye. It's hard to sit one week, uh, excuse me, on a, on a loss. It's hard to sit one week on a loss, let alone two. So, uh, like I said, my family will appreciate this this win in more ways than one, so they don't have to put up with a miserable dad at home for, for two so, weeks. One of the things that Josh said that kind of stood out to me, you know, obviously trying to put last year where it belonged, but he said it underscored to him the importance of home playoff games. And whether you addressed it or not, did you collectively maybe have the sense that that ultimately, this today's outcome could potentially determine that? Uh, down the road. I mean, that's that's obviously down the road. Um, and, and yes, uh, but down the road. I mean, right now we just got to get some rest this week. Um, we'll get in tomorrow, watch watch the film, wrap that up the right way, and then give the players and staff some time off and uh, much deserved time off. We've been banged up, as was mentioned earlier, and so um, it's good to get good to get some time. Maybe one of those guys who's been banged up and yeah. slumped through a lot this season. For him to come through there at the end, what did that mean for your for yourself and for your team? Yeah, um, you know, you, you watch guys go through the journey of, of life, right, uh, off the field. And he's been through it, and he's stuck with it, stuck with it, been resilient, and then he's been banged up a little bit. Um, and you just knew his time was coming. You just knew he was going to make a big play, and, and he did, and, and uh, my hat goes off to him. Sean, maybe you got used to it, Sean. Maybe you got used to it, but when Josh hurdled? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was thinking stay in bounds, run the clock, right? <laughs> Next time, don't hurdle him. I should have. Should have told him as he was running by me. Um, you know, it's it's just you know the game's always going to come down to the final moments with these quarterbacks, with with Patrick and Josh, and and so um, you know you, you want to get the points there. And obviously, Josh made a great play. It was fun to watch. Both those guys are, are, are elite elite players, good for the NFL. Um, we're fortunate to be around Josh and, and watching him grow and develop into what he is now. And, and I'm sure I'm sure Andy in, in Kansas City feels the same way about Patrick. So thanks, guys. Thank you. Think he's right about that last point indeed. Both of these teams are very, very happy 
with their quarterbacking situations, and rightfully so. Here's my final thought for you tonight. We've talked about this before around uh, especially Chiefs and Chargers matchups with Mahomes and Justin Herbert. I'm not saying you have to have all this perspective in real time or have this perspective even tonight. But it is going to be an absolutely remarkable thing after the years and years and years that we had in Kansas City of watching Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning or others entirely in entering that conversation. But for the next decade, Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning is here. Plus, Patrick Mahomes versus Justin Herbert within his own division. But these matchups between these teams and these quarterbacks... Not only do I expect to see them in January, I expect to see them for years and years to come. The Chiefs fall short. We'll talk to you tomorrow about it on The Zone. 24-20, Chiefs fall to the Bills. Brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Thanks for listening to the Sports Radio 810 WHB Postgame Show. Till next time. Bye, Mom.